Good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. A lot to do. I mean, really a lot to do. we got a very busy show ahead of us. Stan the Fan is here. Coming up this morning, we're going to chat with Mark Schlereth. You know him as Stink. He had some interesting things to say about the Ravens on his uh, Stinking Good podcast. He's with Odyssey now. and Some interesting things to say about how it might have impacted them actually in a positive way to not have Mark Andrews on the field. That's an interesting thought. Seems kind of galaxy brain, but we'll talk to him about it. He had he had no problem talking to me. That one, he actually, I think it was the op. It was like, if Stan's not there, I won't come on the show on Friday, I believe is what Mark said. I've always show. liked him. He's stinking good. He is stinking good. Also this morning, Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka joins us. Mike Tarika will check in before he calls Ravens-Jaguars for NBC Sunday Night Football. As we know, long-standing, very, very ugly, toxic relationship between he and Stan the fans. So we're going to have to kick Stan out of the room for that one. Uh, MJ Morris, you say, who's that? Well, that's the quarterback this week from NC State that decided to transfer to the University of Maryland that is believed will be the replacement for Talia Tungavailoa moving forward. Obviously, a lot of things can change, and Maryland will probably say, hey, he's going to compete with the guys that we have in-house to be that guy. But the consensus around college football is that um, MJ Morris will be the Maryland starting quarterback next season. We will meet him a little bit later on in the program. Plus, you've been hearing me talk about the fact that this coming Monday night, we're going to be at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square collecting toiletries and underwear and donations to help the men and women at Helping Up Mission. And we're doing it with Michael Pierce of the Baltimore Ravens. Michael Pierce will join us to wrap up today's show. And we'll get you segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show, too, before we wrap up. But Michael Pierce will join us. Please come out uh, join us Monday night. 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center from 6 to 730. Bring $25 worth of toiletries or underwear or that type of stuff or make a $25 donation and you can meet Michael Pierce. Can it be used underwear? No. No, it cannot be. No. Because I know a wife that would love to get rid of some. No. Of yours? No. Yeah. No. Sorry. No. And not don't go buy it on the, uh, the internet from some like a uh, TikTok model or something like that either. None of that. Go wander over to Target. Get an unopened pack of Fruit of the Loom or Hanes or something like that. What size? Or, you know, any, all sizes. They need all sizes. So please get over there on Monday night with your donations. And you can meet Michael Pierce. So we'll look forward to that uh, as well. Get an autograph if you Picture, donate. Picture, autograph, the whole deal, man. All nine the yards. All nine yards. It's going to be a fun Does that night. have a name like his his the event or his, no, just 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 come to Chick Fil A Nottingham Square and join us and Michael Pierce will be there I guess is what we're calling it so look forward to that that was a scene of where we we we, we had dinner with Mo and uh, that was that was five or four years ago tomorrow was that wow. date and four who was with us tomorrow. the center um, Bradley Bozeman was Bradley with Bozeman us. Bradley and Nikki I just with remember. Us. Like, Mo was, like, really into you and me. Mm-hmm. And then he huddled, cuddled, ne- cuddled mm-hmm. next to Bradley Bozeman. One of the, and, he, and he, like, the, loved to I feel have, that, those muscles. I have a picture of Mo's hand in Bradley's hand. It's yeah. one of my favorite things yeah. that I've ever seen because, yeah. you know, Brad, great, Bradley's hand. Yeah. You see my hand. Bradley's hand's out to, like, you know, right here. And then Mo's hand right there. It was yeah. very sweet. 
All right, Stan. Um, before we get to any of that, let's spend a minute. Obviously, the news last night, it it appears finally as though there's an agreement in place. For I, the stadium in St. Pete? It, yes, exactly, for that one. Um, I guess maybe I reserve the right to say maybe we let this play out on Monday before we start uh, reacting to it uh, sort of this way. But based on the fact that they are literally moving the public works meeting from Annapolis oh, oh, okay. to, You're to Camden Yards okay. on Monday suggests that everyone involved believes this is a done deal and that everything will be dotted, all the I's will be dotted, all the T's will be crossed come Monday. It doesn't appear as though we know how any of the resolution for some of the things that we still like you know the 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 land the, the land rights yeah um the development rights what did they get what didn't they get is it possible they could kick those down the can and just get this deal I done was, before December thirty first with the it was with the good faith agreement yeah. by both parties that they will negotiate in good faith uh, that had been thrown out for a little while and the Orioles seemed unwilling to do that so I I don't know if that's changed then of course the the state put it in the deal and then yeah. backed out of it yeah. so it will be interesting to see things like that also is there a 10-year opt opt out for the Orioles in the deal as had been discussed at one point um I, I, I right now we don't know a whole lot other than it appears as though on Monday a deal will be announced and just talking about the lease in general, we can finally move on from come Monday, which will be, you know, kind of pleasant. Is there any chance you think the Orioles and the governor are trying to upstage the Michael Pierce event? I don't think it's I don't think the two are related. Two are related. No. But in fact, they're all welcome to come like a post. They can bring under if they, they want to bring a, like I have a post celebration. At they can Chick-fil-A, come to Nottingham. Chick-fil-A in Nottingham Square on Monday night with us. That I would I welcome all of them to, to come be a to part me. of it. I don't have a whole lot to say because we don't know the terms of the deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess it will be nice to just not have it yeah, looming. It will be nice, and hopefully this can be a turning point for John, uh, who has, uh, you know, somewhat stumbled uh, through, through, you know, and and it hasn't been a good look for the governor either. It's, it well, hasn't particularly been a, being up on the screen in September, yeah. you know, announcing that a deal was done when a deal wasn't done. Right. That's been a very tough look for the governor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I have not I don't have a lot of strong feelings about however this deal plays out. I yeah. I I don't know what could be in it that would make me say, "Oh boy, this is a bad deal for this." I don't I don't know what that would be. I yeah. get it. I don't want to be just giving away land and, and things like assets to any private citizen for pennies on the dollar. I don't like that, but I hope that everybody is together and everybody is committed to a plan that makes sense for yeah. the city and for the state. I hope. Did, did you read uh, Thomas Kelso's uh, yeah, second piece I did. in Maryland Matters? That was a much better, uh, more more well structured and argued, you know, uh, uh, commentary on what's happened here. Is that the Orioles have been a good faith partner of the state? And the Orioles, to a lesser extent, have been a good faith partner. I think the issue that I had with Thomas Kelso's point was that it's hard for me to feel bad about the demise of a, a government agency, right? Like, I understand his point is, well, you know, people will be put out by this. And that might be true, but no one celebrates. I know there's this notion his, his, that— His larger point in the second piece, though, wasn't about the end of the stadium authority and or parts of the stadium authority— it was that 
this wasn't like the state just came up with this idea on their own right. of $600 million to the Ravens if they sign a lease and $600 million to the Orioles. They were both – the teams were partners in the discussions and understood what was expected of them. And then they're sort of saying the Ravens signed in good faith and mm-hmm. have actually moved forward and presented to their fans right. this the, is the, what, the, yep. what they're planning to do. And the Orioles sort of said, hey, hold on a second. We we really need, you know, a different scenario here. I, I've i had this come up when people have asked me broadly, should the deal be different for the Orioles and the Ravens? And the way that I've tried to say it is, yes, I, it should. I, I don't we, have a problem with that right. if it's transparent. Right. I agree with that yeah. part of it. It should be different. And we don't like saying that because it's not one is better than the other. It's that we all know how math works. And a certain number of dates is more significant than the other number of dates. Now, if part of this, and it's the part that I couldn't get answered on from the the Ravens announcement on Tuesday, is that the Ravens are also trying to make M&T Bank Stadium more functional throughout the course of the year. That they're not just with other events, not just with other dates, but to say, hey, some of these new things that these like the Glenn Clark Radio Cafe. Right. But they're opening like a beer a hall, yeah. right, at the stadium. We want these things to now be open and accessible to the public and we want them to be living and breathing and we want there to be reason to have lights on and for people to be downtown and to go touch the Ravens. That's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But if the Ravens are still planning on this just being an on event or on game day type of thing, that pales in comparison to 80, 80 plus states. I think both teams should be working to do more with those facilities to say it, you know, not just um, the Superbook. Uh, obviously, we love Superbook, of course. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23 when you sign up and you receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose. Don't bet the under on Thursday Night Football. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Did somebody, it wasn't close. Nobody, was good nobody, nobody would do that. Nobody nope. goes under on Thursday no, Night Football. No, Everyone. no one would have done that. Not Up until a, the last two everyone, weeks. Yeah, I don't know that everyone. That was uh, that was lost again in the first, second straight week. Griffin lost a bet in the first half. Second straight week. Going well. Going well. Don't, but he's got his underpants are, are well guys, covered today. Yeah, he refused to double down. I'll, you on, know what? I'll, I'll take it if I can start picking you know games right, which which has happened the last two Thursdays. I got the. I got, you I did got, get the winner. You did yeah, get that yeah, part right. So. That is correct. I may, I may trade it. So I'm not just talking about the I, I, anything. That the Orioles are de- developing, the idea should be: How does this facility live beyond game day? How is it beyond it, that on a Tuesday when they're on the road in the summer? That in November, that this area can still be accessible, can still be relevant for residents of the city, for visitors to the city. That there can still be a touch. I liked a lot of what I saw from the Ravens unveiling a a team museum, if you will, a restaurant, sports bar, things like that. Those are good things. But if they're only open on game day, I think that's limited in what the vision should be and how, frankly, I think the state should have worked with these teams to say, hey, if we're investing this much money of, of citizens' money. Right. What are you going to do in return to give back to We need to give back from you. Yeah. That w- these things that you tell us are problem. When you talk about, hey, we know we got to work on the crime rate downtown. Well, you know what would help? 
is if we have more reasons for people to come downtown and for there to be more lights on and there for, to, for there to be more gathering places of that are considered safe, things like that. Be involved with that. Don't just say, hey, we'll take our money and we'll show up for 16 dates a year. And that's on the high end for the Ravens, right? Like that's if they do a couple of concerts and if they do a soccer match and all of that. You can work it out to about 16 dates a year. Be accessible on 300 dates a year. You know, on something of that 250 dates a year. Right. Something along those lines. Be accessible. There's enough creativity to come up with. Look, we realize now it's nobody's fault, but we don't have what was done here in Baltimore in the late 80s, early 90s in building first Camden Yards and then M&T Bank Mm -hmm. Stadium. That was at at the time there wasn't a vision of doing this 24, you know, uh, 24, 365. And the space down there is not not conducive to it. But that doesn't mean there's not enough creativity to turn turn it into something more than it is. That's exactly how I feel. So I hope that's in the plans, and we will see more information about that on Monday. But, again, if you want good news, the good news is that the deal appears appears finally as though it will be done. Now, that deal appears to be done while <laughs> there is a – and another deal did get done by the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, uh, apparently. Uh, it hinges now on a an extension by Tyler Glass now with the um, Los Angeles Dodgers. But apparently he and uh, Manuel Margot uh, are going to the yeah. – is it Manuel Margot? Yes, Manuel right? Margot. Are going to the Dodgers for Ryan Pepiot, a right-handed pitcher of some... Uh, uh, really well thought of. Well pitcher, thought of. Yes. And um, and remember the first time you ever heard the name Ryan Pepio? Remember when we did One More Thing? Oh, wow. I did a, a, wow. one, a thing wow. on Ryan Pepiot, which proved to be totally wrong because it it's now about three right, years right. later. But well, uh, you were just ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve. And then there's a, an outfielder that's coming to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, yeah, Johnny jo- DeLuca is Johnny his name. DeLuca, Johnny DeLuca, who looks like a really nice prospect. But that's not the deal I'm talking about. You know, they have a stadium deal down there in St. Pete that includes uh, the county, the city, and the state mm-hmm. and putting money in and the Rays contributing money. And they're all systems are go. All of a sudden some politicians in St. Petersburg are saying, hey, why are we putting up all this money to, to, to back and support something called the Tampa Bay Rays? Why shouldn't it be the St. Petersburg so Rays? silly. Yeah. Just so. I mean, everything about this is silly, though. This is, I, like, it'd be good fodder for me if I was doing radio in Tampa. Like, yeah. I... I the idea that they have said that part of the problem that they've had with getting people to come to the games is that the stadium is in St. Petersburg, and then they said, so let's build another the stadium, stadium in St. Petersburg. Petersburg. Yeah. I, it's just so – everything yeah. about it is so very, very silly. I don't think that they're going to get that one. I think I don't think so either. The ball club and even the mayor of St. Petersburg has said it's ridiculous to ask them to change their name. I yeah. am. You know that I am not a fan of the D.C. teams, so I don't – frankly care where they play their games it does not impact me in any way i know that you are a a bit of a fan of i'm a bit of a fan of the wizards so do you have any thoughts at all about their move 
No, it looks it looks like Ted um, Ted Leonsis, who who seems look, he's a brilliant businessman, but doesn't he always seem like he's just a step ahead of doom financially or something? Huh. That's an interesting way Not of putting doom, it. Not doom, but but he he he's really hard pressed to put it all together. Uh, this is his this is his version of what John Angelos would like Camden Yards with, to be. With the difference being he's taking it out of the urban area right. and, and putting taking it, it to where there's room. And that's yeah. the controversial part for you know, DC is it feels like you're driving a stake through the heart of their downtown area and what they had done in Chinatown in order to revitalize yeah. that. Now, they're not going to implode the arena. They're going to leave the arena there, and he says maybe the the Mystics will play there, and I guess Georgetown could keep playing there. Well, look, and between the three of us, we've gone to how many Mystics games? Uh, I would go to a uh, – hang on a second. But you'd, would you go to Washington to see a Mystics I'm trying game? to think about – I – I see. I like the Phoenix Mercury. I'm a fan of the Mercury, okay. right? Like, I, this is part of the problem. Is I'm just not a fan of Washington. The Washington teams have. Ne- I have never connected with them right. in any way. They don't mean anything to me. So, if the Mercury, if I was a younger man, mm-hmm. and the Mercury were in town, and a buddy of mine said, "What are you doing?" I would probably go, but that would be the extent of. It's the only reason why I would go to Wizards games too. Is when the Suns right. are in town. It's right. the only thing that can get me to go. Frankly, the only times I've been to any Wizards games have been because the Suns were in town. The I've been to Capitals games that weren't against the Coyotes, just because I was there and it was an event and people were going, and so right. I I went. Um, but I, I'm I'm the wrong person for this. I don't. I know there there are a handful of Capitals and, and Wizards fans in Baltimore. I don't know if it's significant. To me, if you're in Baltimore and you're willing to make the trek to D.C., you're probably willing to make the trek to Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah. I think the bigger impact is the suburban D.C., but Maryland suburbs, Capitals and Wizards fans that say this does significantly alter our ability to go to a number of games during mm-hmm. the course of the season yeah. and whether or not that continues. Yeah. I just feel bad for, for the city of D.C. Right. And there really wasn't – this, and, like, kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't like a long-standing yeah. thing that he was asking them to create something new for him. Uh, it just seems that's, like – That's the part that down there is quite distasteful. Like, it seemed like it was done under the cloak of night – that it's it's a little uh, Ursae-ish, although even the Ursae thing was a little bit more yeah. transparent than this, honestly. All right. Throw um, in the alcohol, and it was much yes, more transparent. Yes, correct. It was extraordinarily transparent. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to talk some football this morning. And I heard something interesting this week on the Stinkin' Good podcast about whether or not the Ravens maybe actually have benefited from not having Mark Andrews on the field. I want you to listen to this for a second. But, yeah, I think there is uh, – there is. I think in life in general, you know, there is benefit to when you get your security blanket taken away. He, because you either do one of two things. You either, you either, you know, curl up in the fetal position like a millennial or <laughs> – <laughs> you love taking your. I, I think I think we get the point. What Mark Schlereth is trying Schlereth. to say. It's a very interesting so either, thought. Yeah, of course, he is former NFL offensive lineman and Fox NFL analyst. He is Mr. Mark Schlereth, and he is with us this morning here on GCR. Stink. It's uh, Glenn Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me this morning. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks so much. 
Yeah, my pleasure. Absolute, my pleasure. Mark, this was an interesting thought, right? And it's something that, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with, but I think we might have seen it on display a little bit over the last couple of weeks, that in spots where over the years you would just assume that Lamar Jackson would be looking for Mark Andrews, he's instead had to be forced to say, I got to move the ball around. I got to find some other options. And so far he's done a pretty darn good job of moving the ball around. Yeah, I think offensively, you know, from what I've seen, I I spend so much time um, watching a ridiculous amount of film, um, mostly because I'm a film junkie, but you know, the teams, whoever I'm calling, you know, I'll watch three games of each team, you know, the coaches tape and, kind of break it down and really kind of study it. So I haven't done a Baltimore game this year. So, you know, I'll be completely honest. I haven't, you know, I've seen highlights and I've watched some of the the games that have been, you know, nationally televised when I've had a chance, but I haven't really dug into them so much, but yeah, I think, I think for all of us as just people in general, um, when you get put in an uncomfortable position, you know, you have to grow, um, you know, or cower. And so I, I just think that there has been growth there. Obviously, they have morphed into a more passing offense. They still are real physical, and they can still run the ball and do all those things. But, you know, this, these are the steps that I think a lot of teams are going through when you have that quarterback that's a dynamic athlete like Lamar is, and he's a great kid and a dynamic athlete. But I think ultimately you look at and I think John Harbaugh looked at it this way as well, is how sustainable is that form of offense long-term. And, you know, I just did the Chicago game um, last with Detroit, and Justin Fields took a hit that I thought might have removed his head from his shoulders. Like, it was unbelievable. And, like, that, that is, it's not a sustainable form of offense. So to grow that way and to see Lamar grow that way um, is awesome. And you hate to lose a primary weapon, but – I think it probably in the long run is going to be great for Lamar. And, you know, that's, you know, that, that, that's the guy that's going to either, you know, help lead you to a championship or not. So, you know, ultimately you hate to lose it, but you love to see the growth on the other side of it. I thought that drive against the Rams in particular at the end of the game, man, you, you could see he was moving the ball around, finding different guys. It was one of his best drives that we've ever seen. Is this offense, Mark, um, kind of set up, to take advantage of that, in other words, the options he has, it seems like there are four or five options there for him on that field at any one time. Yeah, I think that's always, I think that's always big, you know, with Flowers and the development and, and the way he's been dynamic and um, Odell Beckham, you know, like I think there is that opportunity. There are those guys likely has been really good as well. Um you know, to move the ball around. And they're still, you're, you're still such a, uh, you know, a versatile offense. And you're still one that you, you have to contend with because they can run, you know, just ram it down your throat as well. Um, and so I, I just, I mean, I really, I really like the sustainability of that offense because of the multiple threats that you have, not only in the passing game, but to me, more importantly, in, you know, the physicality that you have up front with guys like Ricard playing fullback. I, I just, um, I'm a, I really like that sort of balance, that kind of old school with some of the new school approach that I think is, I think that's what wins football games. Mark Schlereth is with us here on GCR. Mark, one of the things that you said earlier, and, and, and you and I disagree a little bit about this topic, but not, you know, not crazy. 
I, I, I've almost been puzzled this year by how many times Lamar has had, uh, almost comedically, eight to ten seconds in the pocket to try to make a play mm-hmm. develop. There looks like there's 15 yards in front of him if he would just take off, and he's just not. Like, he has almost refused to take off. And, and right. I think it speaks to you know what you're talking about and how they wanted the offense to evolve and after he got this contract, what they want it to look like. And one of the things that I bring up is that, like, hey, the two times Lamar has gotten hurt, it's been when he was passing. It's not been downfield, and his elusiveness is kind of so overwhelming that there's almost never a hit he doesn't see coming, and he doesn't do a good job of either getting down or getting out of bounds. Like, he has almost never taken big hits in the middle of the field as a runner. Do you feel like they've gotten to a place where they're trying to pick their spots? Because we saw it come on a little bit more in a close game on Sunday, and is it more of a – hey, when we get into these like elimination games, we're not holding you back. Like We want you to run in those spots. It's just that we don't necessarily want you to run until we need you to run in those spots. I, mean, I, think, I, think, that's, I think that's fair. I think the other thing is, and I, I've had this conversation with John Harbaugh, I said, hey, man, we take, and most quarterbacks take more big hits in the pocket than Lamar has ever taken outside the pocket, and a lot of that is because you can see it coming. Right. You know, in the pocket, you can't see it coming. But... Uh, the counter to that is, like, the more you run around, um, the more likely you're going to get into a pile. You know, you're you're gonna you, you may get down, but like three guys are falling on top of you. Um, and and then I, I think there's just part of it is just the 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 wear and tear overall running and 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 doing those things and cutting and doing all that stuff. Again, that is historically eventually it'll get you just like, you know, Justin Fields missed five games this year because uh, he went down and he jammed his thumb, you know, running around mm-hmm. and had dislocated thumb. And so it's just the overall wear and tear. And I think that ultimately you start to understand, and I think everybody does, is that to win championships, you've got to be able to dictate in the passing game from the pocket. And, and, like, it just is – it's the history of this league. And until somebody proves otherwise, especially come playoff time, and you guys have seen the struggles in the playoffs, um, you know, as, as a football team, um, I, I think that's where it comes down to. Now, you know, I mean, Lamar the last couple of years has missed, what, the last four or five games of the season in each of the last two years or yeah. at least five games in the season. And, and I, you know, it just is – again, there's no there's – no, tried or true like this is this is gonna happen i just think that there's overall wear and tear um would concern me with a guy that runs a lot now go back to like what dallas does with Dak prescott you know they don't really run the the zone read plays and and the things where the quarterback takes off until they get into the red zone you know until it's a scoring opportunity and I think that's part of the management of your quarterback and a smart play caller. And obviously, you sign him to a big deal. So you, you need him on the field. And, you know, a, a deserving deal, but you need him on the field. So it's, it's, it's about your responsibility to manage the guy's health as much as you can. Mark, can I flip over to the defensive side of the Baltimore Ravens? Is it fair to say that Roquan Smith is as impactful as Ray Lewis was to a Ravens defense? Well, I mean, I played against Ray Lewis, so <laughs> I, would probably, I would probably say no. hey, Roquan Smith is a great player. Yeah. Uh, we, we came, you know, we came, out, we came out to the Ravens in 
2000, I think it was a 2000 season, my last year. And, um, <laughs> 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 funny story. So like we went through four games, like, cause you go through a four game stint is when you're studying a team, mm-hmm. we went through four games and in four games, I think it was Ray Lewis was actually blocked by an offensive lineman. Like uh, I think four times where a guy got to him because, you know, he had Sam Adams and he had Sarah Goose yeah. in. And so, and so you know, the Broncos, we run it against everybody. Like, so we had this, you know, plan and the design and, and like, <laughs> you know, we're going to be the ones to get to him. Like, it was like, he was just running around having tackling practice. It yep. was the most, yep. it was the most ridiculous film you've ever seen. And so we had this plan and we get to the third quarter and, uh, <laughs> they're kicking our ass. I mean, we are getting our asses kicked. And I just looked at my old line coach, and we go, like, well, they're better than us. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was nothing you could do. So forgive me, I'm biased. Uh, well, Ray what Lewis I mean, was, what I mean uh, by the question, show. Mark, what I mean by the question a little bit is, and that's a great story, but it seems like so many players have gotten so much better on the Baltimore Ravens yeah. defense, Matt Abikway, like Patrick uh, Queen, Queen yeah. they, they just seem yeah. like, you know. Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, Pat, you know, Patrick Queen was a guy. He's got to be – he's not a middle linebacker. He's a he's a kind of a weak side guy. Yep. And and so when they put him in the middle, they're, they're, he really struggled with that. And then, you know, I know they've moved him back outside, but Roquan is, is that guy. The other thing that the guy like Roquan and, and Ray Lewis did is that – you know, you you see on film the way that guy plays. And there's oftentimes you look at yourself, and he makes you look silly on film because he is so, you know, he is so on point and he's so fast to the ball and he's so incredibly impactful when he gets to the ball. And you will start looking at the film going, oh, my God, like he's beating me to every play. And I got to pick up my game and I got to pick up my reaction time. And I got to pick up the way I study so I can – so I can be more like him. And, um, yeah, so I think that, that the great players have such a level of play that such a standard that everybody else has to pick up their standard to kind of match it. Otherwise, you look like a – I mean, you look like an idiot on film. Like when a guy is, you know, like running circles around you. So, um, yeah, I think, that, I think that that is definitely true about Roquan. Uh, Mark Schlereth, it's just another minute here on GCR. Mark, the Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC right now by themselves. Are they definitively the team to beat in the AFC playoffs? Yeah, I would definitely say I, I would definitely say yes to that. Um, I think the Ravens, like I say, I, you know, you can talk about all the the weapons and the, and the passing game and the maturity, and and you can talk about all that. The, the things that resonate with me on film is they out hit people and the, the things that will never go in and out of style in this league is your ability to physically capture the line of scrimmage on both sides and to play fast and hit people. And that's one thing that John Harbaugh and I have so much respect for John, um, his teams compete, they fly around and they hit people. And there's a culture that has been built there under John Harbaugh that, um, that that never goes like I said. It never goes in and out of vogue. It never goes in and out of style. If you can do that, you got a chance to compete and you got a chance to win in the playoffs. Mark Schlereth, uh, you remind everybody first of all where you're going to be this week, and then all about the Stinking Good podcast. 
Yeah, Stinking Truth Podcast. Sorry, Stinking Truth sorry. Podcast. I confu- you know what it is? I've, I've confused Stinking Good, which, of course, was your line of... Um, yeah, chili. Yeah. Yes, correct. Chili. My fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, you can find anywhere you find podcasts uh, on the Stinking, uh, the Stinking Truth Podcast. Uh, also, you can find it on YouTube as well. Uh, this weekend, I'm in, in Carolina. It's beautiful here in Carolina. I've got uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. So uh, I'm on the NFC South beat right now. And, and the Carolina Panthers, let me just tell you this. Um, you think if they had that draft to do over again, Mark, they might take somebody else? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, is not, it is not pretty. But uh, there is a process to being good in this league. And, um, and sometimes it takes some guys a little bit longer than others. And, you know, it's not like they're given that like he's got a lot of help. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, not, not pretty right now, that's for sure. Oh, man. At Mark Schlereth on Twitter is how you follow him. And, again, the Stinking Truth podcast. I knew it all along. Uh, make sure yeah, you check you it out. Mark, really appreciate you, man. Thank Thanks you, so Mark. much for doing this. Happy holidays to you your family. All right. Likewise. Take care. Mark Schlereth with us here on GCR. Um, Stan, I, I got a story. This is uh, – it's unacceptable. Is it breaking? Yeah, it's breaking. I don't know if it's going to last between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, God. Over the birthday party? selfish just flat out selfish didn't show up for taylor swift's 34th birthday party because he had to go to practice Practice. i mean you know what what are we doing is there a possibility that she might pick up with alan iverson because he doesn't of course we're talking about practice he's not worried worried about practice practice. about practice practice (laughs) he's not worried about practice Yes, that was a real story that people were running with over the last uh, 24 I th- hours. I think she's good with... Uh, you think she's yeah. uh, accepted the fact that he had yeah. to go to work instead of coming to her yeah. 34th birthday yeah. party? Yeah. Jesus. We have uh, run out of things to write about, my friend. We are out of things that matter. Stan, you've had a busy week. You had a couple of shows on tap this week. Yeah, I had the guys on uh, Luke and uh, Ross and I talked a little baseball in light of the Kimbrel signing and what else the Orioles might be doing, and uh, we're patiently waiting. I Still mean, hope there's a trade for a pitcher. Yeah, I just can't believe the that Mike Elias didn't want to double down and pay Jack Flaherty fourteen million dollars. That, that is really can't unreal. believe we couldn't have come up with one more dollar than fourteen million. I, I am totally shocked by that. But anyway, uh, we talked to Mary Drexler from the uh, Problem Gambling. Yep. And what's the website? HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Uh, Mary Drexler was on with us, and uh, we had a very frank discussion about uh, uh, legalized sports betting and how it impacts uh, some people with their gambling problems. And I owned up to the fact that I've, from time to time had an ongoing problem with it you know i appreciate that honesty and i think it's yeah. a story that people need to hear um you know we talk about what we're doing with helping up mission and i think that like this morning my friend chris ruling from great it's memorabilia shared something on facebook about how he was at helping up at one point yeah. in his life and you know now he's gone on to become a remarkable part of the community business, yeah. right like yeah. i appreciate that honesty that you share you can find those shows facebook.com slash pressbox sports. Click on the videos tab, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. My biggest problem now is is is, is trying to figure out 
which young quarterback is going to come up and beat me? Right. You know, or not beat me. I mean, it's just this year's NFL. I'm not blaming it all on that one thing. But every time it, turn, it turns around, I'm looking at, I like this game. Oh, yeah, and that team has the young quarterback, and I've gotten beat by DeVito, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jake Browning. I mean, you know, I've done it like three or four times this year. It's been a tough, tough season for yeah. figuring out who's still Not going for to you. be competitive. Not for um, you. I've been good. I've been good, although i got a little bit of a funk at the moment. i gotta got to wipe myself away from all right, um, still to come this morning. we got a lot to do, including when we come back in. Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka is going to spend some time with us as we get ready for Ravens-Jaguars on Sunday night. That's next. Stan the Fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 19th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events 
to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Coming up on Sunday night, of course, Ravens-Jaguars down in Jacksonville. After the game, make sure you hang out with us for Project Game Day. Myself, Rita, Femi. Ken Zalis, maybe Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles. They've been big parts of uh, the show all season long. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and A.J. Michaels. Come join us, PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. We need that'll, that'll be on this week after the game? That will be sun, late Sunday night. Wow. Late Sunday night. You can hang out I with might, us. Uh, I Come on. dip in. We'd love to have you, Stan. We'd love for you to join us. Joining us now here on GCR to get us ready for Ravens-Jaguars on Sunday night, he is our press box Ravens beat writer. He is Mr. Bo Smolka. Bo, good morning. How are you, my friends? Good. I'm good. Thank you. So, um, again, the injury thing, I, I, I know we always start with this. I, I think it's a good thing that Kyle Hamilton was on the practice field this week. I know he has not been committal. I, I look at this particular matchup and say, Boy, Evan Ingram's a very difficult, given his athleticism. We remember how the Ravens have struggled with guys like David Njoku um, in recent years. It would seem like it could be a significant difference maker. What do we make of the fact that he is practicing, but there doesn't appear to be commitment yet that he's going to play? No, I don't think there's commitment he's going to play. And, I mean, I, I was actually, <laughs> frankly, surprised we saw him practice on, on a Wednesday, and he was out there, and he – took part in individual drills that we're allowed to watch wearing a brace on his left knee. He didn't, to me, look to be running real well, but again, he was out there, which I was surprised to see. And he said, he said, he's going to see how it goes all week. I think the Ravens have to be cautious here. I think they have to think in the long view here. They've got four games left and they've also potentially, and we would assume have at least one postseason game coming up. Uh, I don't think they want to put themselves in a position where playing Hamilton this week compromises two or three weeks down the road. Um, I personally don't think he'll play, but he also is a tough guy and he wants to be out there. He told us the other day that on Sunday he, had, he, was, he was getting ready to be taped up and go back in a third time. He wanted to be on the field, and the trainers told him, no, the risk isn't worth it. You, need to, you should just sit this out from now on. Uh, so he clearly wants to be out there. I respect him for that. I think personally, I would be surprised if he plays, but I'm not gonna. I, I, you know, it's not my it's not my call to make it. I may be wrong about that. But we're gonna get to the point of voting for Ravens MVP here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm I'm guessing that Lamar Jackson is just going to win because he's Lamar Jackson and he's having a very good season. But you know, as far as candidates are concerned, 
Hamilton is an intriguing one to me, and I I think that Justin Matabike deserves some acknowledgement in that conversation as well. But I, I, you can't define the season Kyle Hamilton is having with one particular statistic. Maybe TFLs you'd point out that is kind of noteworthy for a defensive back that you know probably going to get the double digit TFLs on the season, but it's not statistically driven. How would you attempt to explain if somebody said, "Why is everybody talking about Kyle Hamilton as being?" one of the most dynamic players, how would you explain to someone the season that he's been having? Yeah, it's a good question. He's just so kind of multidimensional. And you mentioned the TFLs, and, you know, he has more tackles for loss as a defensive back than anyone ever has for the Ravens. And I think that's part of how he plays, right? He's conceded a safety, and yet we see him playing in the slot. You see him play at the line of scrimmage. He is so physical. And that's why he's getting, he's fighting off these blocks and making, he's a really good tackler. So he's fighting off these blocks of the line of scrimmage. And he's, he's dropping these guys on bubble screens and on jet sweeps. And so he's a force at the line of scrimmage. He's also long and can cover in the back. Um, he's just a really versatile tool. And I think they knew that when they drafted him, they weren't sure exactly how they would best use him. But all of, all of his attributes have come through. So it is, it is interesting. You're right. It's, uh, it's hard to kind of define how it, but I just say his versatility is, is really unlike many players in the league at all. Bo, I uh, wanted to talk to you about, because I know you're out there a good bit and, and you're a keen observer of the game. What happened on that play with uh, Tyler Linder, Linderbaum? Was there ever a really good explanation? Because he's such a seemingly fundamentally sound player. It just seems so out of character. You're talking about the bad snap? The yeah. Safety? Yep. Yeah, I, there, I didn't talk to Tyler Linderbaum after the game. Lamar Jackson said it was miscommunication. It's clear that Jackson and Linderbaum were not on the same page about that. Uh, I don't know. Again, I haven't talked to Linderbaum this week. So uh, they're, they're, they, they were out of sync clearly. Uh, and I don't know if that was Jackson's fault or Linderbaum's fault. Um, who's to know? It's, it's, yeah. But either way, it was they, they were lucky they avoided disaster there. Your, your, um, your overall observation about Linderbaum, are you happy with that pick and how it's turning out that they've got a solid, solid player there? Yes, I am. I think he's been really solid, and yeah. I think it was, a, it was a very good pick. I mean, they have never taken a center in the first round before. Um, they were high in him, obviously, and I, I think he's been really solid. And, you know, there's always turnover on the offensive line. There could be again. There's injuries. Guys are in. Guys are out. He is a tough dude. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, I think he, I think he's having a really good year. Yeah, I Bo, love the guy. Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer with us here on GCR. Bo, on the, uh, the injury front, the guy that we know is not going to be available is Devin Duvernay, and you know what a moment we saw from Tylen Wallace at the end of last week's game. I, I guess at that point there's probably not going to be much debate about who's going to handle the punt return roles moving forward because of that, and can we assume that Justice Hill will stay in the kick return role? Probably, and that, 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 that's how they line them up, um, and and it seems to be what they will do. I know Keaton Mitchell takes reps back there as a kick returner too, uh, but Justice Hill was out there when Duvernay went down and probably will remain so. And frankly, a lot of teams are, are, are kicking them all into the end zone. There's not a right. ton of returns, but good for Tylen Wallace, right? This is a guy that, as we said, he, he told us, I mean, on, on cut down day, he was literally in his car in the parking lot of the facility at 4 o'clock waiting for his phone to ring fearful that if his phone rang that meant he got cut and he was hoping his phone wouldn't ring 
And he didn't he only, only when 4 p.m. came and went and he didn't get a call, that's when he knew he had made the team. His, he felt his, his time was that tenuous. Because remember, he's a wide receiver who was like the fourth slash fifth wide receiver last year. And then they bring in Flowers and they bring in Aguilar and they bring in Beckham and Bateman's back. And so he doesn't know if there's any room for him. But he's been an exceptional special team player for his career. That's how he made the team in the past. That's how he made it again. And when Duvernay went down, and there's three or four guys every week that, that are taking reps on punt returns, just a few in practice, just to be ready. A couple guys take them before games just to be ready. And, uh, and I asked John Harbaugh on Sunday, well, why Wallace? Why was he the guy that came in after Duvernay? And he said, well, we considered Zay Flowers, but it just seemed like Wallace deserved it. it, it was, he deserved a chance. And what a, what, a, I mean, what a moment for the guy. And I'll say this, too, and I wrote about this on Sunday. You could talk to players in that locker room, especially the veterans. They all respect the grind that a guy like Wallace goes through day after day, year after year, to just be a kind of special teams glue guy. And they were all sincerely thrilled that he had that moment for himself. No, it was really cool. And yes, you know, this is it is not it is not easy to make your name in the NFL. And I've, I've talked to a bunch of guys this week to talk about they've seen the work that Tylen Wallace has put in, and so it meant a lot to them. Um, Bo, a year ago, the Ravens went to Jacksonville, and in looking back on it, it was sort of like the beginning of the end for the 2022 Ravens as they blew that lead against the Jaguars in the second half. Um, and, and obviously the Lamar Jackson injury after that point changed the course of the season. I, I don't know. Like, I, I have not gotten a sense for how much that still sticks with them, right? Like, it seems like there's been a million things that have happened since that point, but that was, you know, for the Jaguars, it kind of changed the course of them as a franchise. Like it was a turning point moment for that team that energized them to go get in the playoffs. And now they've been a very good team again this year. I, I wonder if there has been any lingering effect. And if this team is thinking about that as they head back down to Jacksonville on Sunday night. I mean, probably they probably are. Let's face it. I mean, these players are too young to realize there have been some terrible that other performance down there. I don't know about 2011 or 12 was awful oh, down in God. Jacksonville. And then, of course, they had the London, London debacle was yeah. also Jacksonville. They've had some bad games against Jacksonville. Um, but again, th- some of those are way back. These players don't remember that, but they will remember last year. And yeah, I'm sure it sticks in their craw. I'm sure they watch it. They're watching the video of it. They watch tape of last year's game. They're watching the tape of this year's Jacksonville team. It has to. It has to stick with them, uh, whether they want to talk about it or not. But I'm sure it does, and those kind of things will motivate them. Bo, your observation since the Ravens Super Bowl run uh, that ended with the victory against the 49ers in New Orleans, uh, it seems like. Every, and again, I'm not that biggest student of it. I don't have the analytics in front of me. It seems like every time the Ravens have had a game where they really can take charge of their owning their, you know, where they're going to finish destiny, they've, they've sort of lost that game. Um, Is that the way you see them over the last 10 years? Yeah, that's a good question. I have to go back and think of it. I don't those the specific games like that don't come to mind as much as I think sometimes of games that where they just kind of you know it's not it's not the game down and 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 lost the game they shouldn't have lost. It's I mean, not the games. I mean, they're is, obviously in a position now to, to to take their own destiny. This game and the Miami game particularly yeah. are ones where they can really you know take, put a stranglehold on this. Uh, 
conference, but they, you know, they got four, four games and I, you know, the Steelers, we don't know what the Steelers will be looking like by the time that yeah. last game comes around, but we don't know what the Ravens will be looking like either after this three game stretch. Right. Uh, I don't specifically remember that, but I do remember games that you're just frustrated. Like, Oh, how, how did that happen? And it's happened already this year. Like, how did that, how did they lose that game at Pittsburgh? Yeah. How, like, how did those losses happen? And if those losses didn't happen, then th- th- everything is different, but that's, that's the, you know, it's that's the, way the NFL. It's yeah. Just the way, yeah. As they say, the other guys get paid too, and they're out there to play. All right, Bo, I, I have to ask, and I acknowledge we're five days removed. Who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. But were you at all buying John Harbaugh's explanation of what happened on the challenge? Well, it was very weird. Yeah. So he, he are, his explanation, his explanation was that. Um, they wanted to get a timeout because they didn't have their two point play ready that the Rams were going to run. So, I mean, first of all, if you want a timeout, just, just call a timeout. A timeout right? I don't know if he honestly expected that they would not recognize. I mean, I, I don't know. It seemed bizarre. It does. It definitely seemed bizarre, but again, two questions, one, just take the timeout. And two, it was probably pretty clear they were probably going to go for two. So I don't know why the Ravens wouldn't have been ready for them to go for two at that point. Um, it was the whole thing was strange. Honestly, though, when it happened, when it happened, I'll be honest with you, there was tape or something in the back of the end zone, and I thought it was a flag. I thought it was a penalty flag, and I'm looking. So going, the broadcast. Well, that a flag? There's, yeah. a, there's a penalty on this play. And I don't – when he first threw the challenge back, I honestly thought he was just trying to get their attention to say, hey, there's a flag in the end zone. Because he goes and talks to the official, and then an official goes to the end zone and throws this tape or whatever it was out the back of the end zone. I said, oh, it wasn't a flag. It was tape. So when it first – in the moment it happened, I thought he was just trying to get the attention of the official because it looked like there was a flag down. Now, that's not at all what he – if he had said that as the explanation, I would have totally bought it because that's what I thought. But when he said he was trying to get a timeout, that that seems strange to me. Yep, it seems strange to me as well. But <laughs> again, five days removed, doesn't matter. They move forward. Hopefully, there are no more wasted timeouts. Uh, Bo Smolka, you um, you handled a couple things. You want to take? We have a new print issue of Press Box. It's our annual best of issue that means a lot to us. And among the things that you handled in this print issue was Best Raven, and we let you actually make the choice for best Raven this year. Your choice was? My choice was Roquan Smith. Take me and I know people are, uh, people are going to say it should be Lamar Jackson, and that's fair. Um, I look at, I don't know, I made the pick maybe three weeks ago or something. Um, over the course of the entire year, uh, I just think Roquan Smith, to me, for the first, I don't know, 10, 12 weeks of this season, the story of this team was this defense. And Roquan Smith is the center of it. And I keep going back to Eric DaCosta calling Roquan Smith a force multiplier. And he makes everyone, everyone better. And I think that defense is what it is because of Roquan Smith. Um, and I think it's a significantly different team if he's not there. So that was my call. You know, I can go with Lamar Jackson. There's other people you could argue, but I, that's, who I, that's who I pick. He also wrote about Geno Stone inside the print issue of Pressbox, which you can go find right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. And read it all, pressboxonline.com. 
At B Smolka is how you find him on Twitter. Bo, appreciate you, man. Have yourself a great week. Um, Bo, I just wanted to say I'm in agreement with you on the Roquan well, Smith thing. Look at that. I, I think he's been the most right. impactful player. You on see, the now team. Bo's not sure if he made the right choice or not. I, I, now, I, that's, I, I, the that's understandable. <laughs> he's got a second guess. Bo, appreciate you, sir. We'll talk to you at some point next week, all right? All right, sounds good. Thank you. That's Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. And, again, you can find all of that, including our uh, Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Brandon Hyde, our Team of the Year, the Baltimore Orioles, right there on the cover of the Best of Issue, which is available right now. And we have a special uh, sort of call-out section at the website, pressboxonline.com slash of as well for you to check it all out. Did you leaf through to come up with the ones that you thought were most controversial? Uh, oh, most Griffin? controversial. That's or whatever what you wanted. I, to, what I, did, I, I, uh, so I, I did. I gave Griffin the assignment. Oh, look, he's got the little yeah, post-it I notes. I, 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 that. He's I, I posted uh, my favorite ones. Thing. Oh, your favorite ones yes, is what you wanted. I, I thought you wanted to fight. I thought that was where you were going to go. Um, maybe I should have fought. You're right. I don't. I, know. I don't. I by like, the way, by the way, to Bo's point, I have no issue with Roquan Smith being best Raven. No issue with it. I, I to the point, is it the definitive correct answer? Who could possibly know? But the point that he makes about that we've all made about how Roquan Smith has changed the Ravens, I I completely understand it. Yeah. So I have no problem with that being the answer. Uh, I like the best man for the moment. That was Cedric Mullins, of course, because during the first. It's I mean, it's, it's so it, difficult it, to talk about it. We talk about it, Griffin and I talk about it all the time. It's funny having a conversation about Cedric Mullins because on the whole, you would probably say his 2023 was a disappointing season. And yet, he's also responsible for literally every memorable moment the Orioles had all season long. Like, every, all of your favorite moments of the year, basically, were delivered by Cedric Mullins. And yet, on the whole, he was had a disappointing season it's a injury marred season 100 percent. it's very difficult how do we talk about talk to our kids about cedric mullins in 2023 yeah it wasn't great but god it was great (laughs) um i like the best turn of events the lamar jackson saga of course yeah yeah, from march into i mean that was it feels like forever ago i can't believe that was it really you forget that it was in 2023 because like everything's just been so it on again in a the, the flip of a switch, it went from panic and pandemonium to everything is Gucci. Like, in the span of a second, everything like, changed. It was a span of, what was it, two weeks? They add Odell Beckham, right. they sign Lamar, draft Zay Flowers. I mean, it, it was... And, and here you are, know, with the number one seed in the AFC. I uh, liked under best college athletes, of course. Lauren Keener and Ethan Pecco ah, of those Towson. Are, those are yours. Ethan Pecco getting drafted... Uh, Yep. By the uh, by, the Astros and then uh, and Lauren Keener helping uh, the, the the Tigers to a a, a gymnastics title. Yep. Uh, best high school female athlete, of course, Manchester Valley's own. Oh, for God's sake, was Emma Penchek as Manval won a I state f- girls state I title. I actually forgot and women's that, that was, girls yeah. lacrosse. Um, she had a tremendous season. She's still, still a sophomore, so they're they'll be back. Okay, yeah. if you say so. Uh, and best save, of course, Riley Melendez as Towson won the. Uh, just all of the Towson CAA stuff. That's all. Women's soccer title. That's all Griffin wanted to include was all of the Towson um, stuff. But yeah, the point is, you know, there's stuff for everybody in here. You know, yeah, you're gonna find. You're gonna believe find. it or not, it's not just Towson and Manchester Valley. Like even if you went to, it could have been, but other schools, you're gonna find plenty of content in there. <laughs> in the best of issue. All right, good job, Griffin. Thank you for uh, doing the homework. I appreciate that. <sighs> Winding down for hour number one. Does a good job at his homework, doesn't he? Well. Thanks, Stan. Sometimes. Thanks, Stan. Sometimes he does. Not so much on the over-unders. Yeah, the unders, it's a bit of a 
bit of an S show. But yeah. you do me a favor, by the way. The next that. time that he says, says he's got a know, hot pick, so you please can go the call other way. me. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I've had people make a fortune off of me that way. Just picking against you, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Today's show is also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to let everybody know what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? Yes. If, just in case, you bet that uh, that under last night, uh, yeah. Live Casino Hotel, uh, uh, Maryland has the answer at the FanDuel Sportsbook because you can turn those losses on your recent bet into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion because between now and January 4th, 2024, again, time's running out. It's running out uh, less than, what, I guess, three weeks now. Um, a little over three weeks. All live casino and hotel Maryland rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with a shot at prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. When we come back in, we're going to chat. Well, I'm going to chat. Stan, we're going to have to send him somewhere else. I'm going to chat with Mike Tirico and... One day, son of a bitch. One day, I think we're gonna get to the bottom of this beef. One day, I'm gonna see if I can't get you guys in a room together and you can hash out your differences. All, All right. right. All right. Mike Tarico next is GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite. And at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. 
For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. Still to come this morning, we're going to meet uh, incoming Maryland quarterback transfer MJ Moore. We got it. We got it. He'll talk to me. I feel like I'm not not sure if Griffin wants you to talk to him. His head's not so full of himself. He's very excited. He's heard. He's heard. Boy, you really are going war on Tariq. I didn't realize it was this personal. I mean, we it's been to like the, six times now. Got to get to the bottom of it. We got to get to the bottom of all. I stole of this. a woman from Is him that one what time. It was? One time. That it's the problem. That's the issue. Yes, yeah, so Stan alludes to had to do this a little bit earlier because of his uh, busy schedule as he gets ready for Ravens Jaguars, and also because he will not come on uh, ten and twelve on a Friday if Stan the fan is in studio. He is the voice of Sunday Night Football, Mike Tarico here on GCR. Well, of course, coming up Sunday night on NBC, it is Ravens Jaguars Sunday night football. And now returning here to GCR, one of our favorites. He is the play by play voice of Sunday night football. He is the great Mike Tarico. Mike, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you so much for us. Good to be back with you guys. Happy holidays. And uh, I think it's going to be a busy, uh, busy month plus here for Ravens fans. I'm thinking we might have more Mike Tarico in our lives, which is a good thing. I like the sounds of that. Um, Mike, you know, you just saw this team obviously a couple weeks ago, and yeah. they're not perfect, right? They're flawed. Um, they don't – it's it's not like they put everybody away the way they put away the Seahawks and the Lions um, earlier in the season. But what jumps out at you? Why do you think it is most that the Ravens have gotten to this point where they are standing alone as the number one seed in the AFC? Well, you know, let, let's take what you just said right there. I would feel about as good about the Ravens as any team in the league other than San Francisco right now. I, I really do. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, just, just the basics, right? This team has held five teams this year to 10 or less. Uh, and then the ability to score over 30 has been just so, you know, hit you across the face here was, I think it's six of the last seven games. So, when you have those two things going for you, you have the number one or two rushing attack, depending which number you like to look at, you know, yards per rushing attempt or season total. Um, 
and then you, you put that with a top defense, I think you've got everything you need to be a number one seed. Now the question comes, will this passing game do it in the biggest spots, in the biggest moments, with pressure on the line against the best teams? I think I'm more encouraged than I have been going into December in the last few years about the ability to do that. So I, I feel really good about the Ravens. I understand you know, no, no team is perfect. I don't know what the warts are necessarily with San Francisco. But right after that, I would list Baltimore as the next team I'd feel most confident about at this point. Mike, it's funny you bring that up because I feel like there was some angst. Yeah, last week, the Ravens played the Rams, and there was angst about the fact that right. they had to come from behind and it went to overtime. And I wrote a column about this. I said, I, I kind of feel almost the opposite way. And part of the narrative, of course, we know is that, unfortunately, that in Lamar Jackson's career, he's won one playoff game, right? Like, I almost right. thought right. they were well served to have had to go through that and for us to see that almost breathtaking drive that Lamar put together and those back-to-back, the third and 17 touchdown and the unbelievable two-point conversion, that they almost kind of need to go through a little bit more of that to, to prove what it is they're capable of in the playoffs. Hey, one, you don't want to get into games like that, but if you do, you want to know you can do it, right? And we've seen yeah. it at times, but we saw it in a big spot there. Against the Rams team, I think it's getting better. Uh, you know, I, I don't look at the Rams from early in the season and now and see the same team, so Here's, here's the big takeaway for me after getting ready for the Rams game on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, or the uh, Chargers game on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and now they're getting ready for this Sunday night against Jacksonville. The, the team has the ability to make more plays in the passing game on top of being a really difficult run team to stop. And the ability to throw it and threaten downfield with multiple guys. It's not, hey, here comes Bateman. Okay, he's going to run downfield. Right? The ability to use all three receivers, even though you're missing that stretch of the middle of the field, you know, the, the way you really loved it with Mark Andrews, uh, and that, that's no disrespect to likely, but Mark Andrews is a top-of-the-food top yep. chain tight end. Right? I, I think it takes one defender out of the box in the run game, and that allows this run game to be dominant at times. So I hear you. I understand the angst. I get all that. I just feel like this. there's more of a complete nature to this team than there has been coming into December. Some years it's been their health. Some years it's been their inability to throw the ball. I think all aspects and characteristics were there. The, the only flag for me last week was giving up 31, right? Um, you know, the sure. Cleveland game had a – division games have a unique tilt and feel to them. Uh, that that was the only flag to me. Like, ooh, that I didn't expect to see that. So, other than that, that seems in good shape. I feel really good about it. He is Mike Tarico, of course, the voice of Sunday Night Football. He's got the call for Ravens Jaguars alongside Chris Collinsworth this Sunday at eight twenty on NBC and Peacock, and he's with us here on GCR. Mike, a guy I wanted to ask you about, and and you've had a lot of him over the years, is Odell Beckham, and. Uh-huh. I, when the Ravens signed Odell Beckham, I think a lot of us said, well, this is good because if this was the last thing they needed to do to get over the hump with Lamar Jackson and his contract, even if it doesn't live up to the value of the deal, it was worth doing it. And I've come around over the last couple of weeks and said, this might be one of the best one-year signings the Ravens have ever made. And I know he doesn't numbers-wise jump off the page, but what he's done, particularly now without having Mark Andrews on the field, as you pointed out, the reliability of Odell Beckham, the way that he has stayed on the field, 
the, the beloved nature. I, I've been blown away by how much his teammates respond to him and how he connects with them, despite the fact that he is a, a pretty major celebrity in this country. I, I think the Odell Beckham signing is almost on a national scale, not getting the attention it deserves as being truly an impactful move. It, it, it made way to, I agree with you, but let, let's go to the reasons why. Uh, first off, you know, the catch that Odell made a decade ago on Sunday night football against Dallas, you know, that Chris said, that may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. <laughs> that may, ha- that may have been um, in some ways as bad for Odell as it was great. Because I think there's this whole level of judging, right. Um, for that highlight moment and that greatness. I also think the reality of the NFL, whether it is uh, your football mortality, injuries, things not working out, kind of impacted him. I'm going to tell you, Glenn, we had a, a, we had a visit with Rodell on the Saturday before the uh, game in L.A. They practiced. Remember, the team flew out on Friday. They practiced at UCLA. After practice, we visited with Odell for about 15 minutes. It was one of the – I was, I would say best production meetings of the player that I've had all year. Uh, we've had as a team, excuse me. Uh, you just got, you didn't get the guy who was hockey and the guy who was living that receiver demanding the ball kind of feel. He, he took us from the injury in SoFi in the Super Bowl to the locker room, how difficult it was how he was having a pity party for himself sitting in the corner, like, no, I got to get back out there and watch this, how difficult it was for him knowing that his ACL was torn, knowing that he was on his way to what could have been an MVP evening and dealing with, Hey, I've got major surgery ahead. All of those emotions while you have a chance to win a Super Bowl ring. And, and, and he did, but he's come back. I think humbled by that, the realities of football have, knocked him out the desire this time last year to get back in and nobody took him back in because he wasn't ready to play and now he's not being asked to carry the team now he's being asked to be a big part of a really good team and I think he loves the role he loves the place most veterans who come around to Baltimore I'll get to this in a second really have that connection with the place I I found it to be really good and I think that's why his performance has continued to improve and improve and improve and if I can just uh, hate to keep the ball here in my hands for too long, but if I can just say, I think that's the strength of the Ravens way right now. The Ravens way was the defense and, and all this stuff. The, the, the key to, to being a Raven and that <clears throat> way of, of building the organization now manifests itself in Kyle Van Noy and Odell Beckham Jr. Veterans coming into the place and having as good a year as they would anywhere else because it's just a great fit for veteran players. Debbie and Clowney, let's add him to that list. I think we're seeing more guys thrive late in their careers in Baltimore over the last five years than we have any other place in the league. And John Harbaugh gets a bunch of credit for that. And Odell's a big example. Why? Apologies for the long answer, but uh, it just those things just kind of hit us over the head over the last couple of weeks. Let's make two things abundantly clear. You can have the ball. You're Mike Tirico. You can have the ball for no, as no, long no, as you no, possibly no. want, right? You can run. No, and we'll call it the Mike Tirico show with Glenn Clark. No, no, no. Forward. I'm fine with that. But but secondarily, and I know you're a John Harbaugh guy because of our conversations over the years, but what you just said there to me 
I, as I'm sure you'll understand that I try to be defensive of it because I get, I, I love fans. Like I am one that's, this is the reason why I do what yeah. I do. And so, yeah. um, you know, like last week, there's this almost absurd moment where John Harbaugh throws a, a challenge flag on a play that can't even be challenged. And the Ravens lose right. a timeout. It was a scoring play. And there's a, all this angst about it. And I keep coming back to like, I, I get it. There are sometimes puzzling or confusing mm-hmm. in-game decisions. And I, yep. But what I know from the time that I have around every player on this team is that what you just alluded to, Mike, and I'm sure you feel this every time you have a sit down with these guys. The value of John Harbaugh as the football CEO, as yep. the guy who has the, the tone and and the sense of where his guys are and where this team is, I don't know how to explain that and how much more important that is to me than the fact that, yes, I, too, get frustrated over puzzling decisions as a fan. Like, that element of this, it's very difficult to quantify. There's no statistic we can turn to. We can't go to you know PFF and get anything from it. But that that value of John Harbaugh and the way that he feels this team is something that I really think gets missed when we discuss him as a head coach. I think he's a great head coach. I, re- I really do. Um, you know, I, I, for a variety of reasons. Um, and a lot of it was the special teams time that he spent and knowing how to connect with guys in different and unique ways on both sides of the ball. A lot of it was the ability to read the room. To me, X's and O's are very, very, very important. The most important thing is the ability as a head coach to be a leader of men and a lot of alpha males in there too. And I think John does that incredibly well for a variety of reasons. One example of that is what he inherited. He inherited a player-dominated team, probably too player-dominated to sustain for a long time. But instead of Mm -hmm. trying to rebuild the building, he managed it. He figured it out. He gave people space. And guess what? Ed's gone. Ray's gone. It's the way football is. Guys move on, right? Guess what's still there? The Ravens culture. So John, in my opinion, read the room, managed it in his own way now, has kind of kept the theme going, yet gotten the place back to where the coach is the one who's letting the players have their space, letting them guide the way. But you know what, guys? Hey, Let's just course correct here. This is the way we need to do things, and here's why. I, I admire it. I'm a fan. I, I'm not friends with any of these guys. I'd say acquaintances. I, I've, I've known the Harbaugh family going back for years and years and years. I just think the world of John, I think he's a hell of a head coach, and I think he's a big reason that this Ravens organization, along with Ozzy and Eric DeCosta, and obviously started at the top with Steve Bashotti. That's why there's been consistency. It's a lot of we, not me people at the top of the organization. And that permeates all the way through the castle and everybody there uh, in the facility in Baltimore. And it shows on the field year in, year out, right there with the, the most competitive regular candidates to be in the playoffs every single year. Mike, let me wrap this by bringing it back to Sunday night. Um, yeah. You know, the Jaguars have lost a couple of games and, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence has been banged up, but this we were talking about it on yesterday's show that this presents an opportunity for the Ravens to prove that there is separation to me, that mm-hmm. even a Jaguars team is struggling a little bit. Like we still know this is Trevor Lawrence. This is, you know, this is a very good team. 
is this the chance for the Ravens to say definitively, not only are we the best team, but there is maybe a little bit of separation between us and the rest of the, the conference? Well, a couple of things. One, go get the number one seed, right? Yeah. You know, the, the Ravens are always disappointed that there aren't enough primetime home games in Baltimore, right? You, you, you've all heard that over the years, and you feel like the Ravens haven't been given the same level of national space and respect that maybe the Steelers or other teams haven't over the years. Great. Gotcha. Go, go get the number one seed. Make everybody come through there to win, to get to the Super Bowl. And you got everything to do it. Secondly, with Jacksonville, you lose two games in seven days after you were a contender for the number one seed and you become a hungry team. And I think you're going to find a hungry Jacksonville team on Sunday at home, uh, not as whole as they were health-wise and pushed to the wall here a little bit. But what, what, are, the, what are the keys to the game? You know, jump on this team early and have the opportunity yep. to push – to push on the offensive side, the chance to control the game. Let's keep it for 34, 35 minutes uh, in time of possession or even 31. That would be fine, right? But those, those are the things that you have. But right in front of this team, to your question, to the point, this team has the chance to control the AFC and take care of business Sunday night, take care of business against Miami, and maybe the week 18, the end of the season, where it's usually, oh, my gosh, it's the AFC North, something crazy can happen. You can play Pittsburgh and not have to worry about it and just be worried about how much time do I want to play my guys because we have a bye the next week. You can control Boy. all of that over the next couple of weeks. San Francisco's going to be a really tough game on Christmas night, of course, right? These, none of these games are easy. It's the toughest schedule remaining. But if you want to start on a good note and give yourself some breathing room, go down there and get this win. That simple. It'd be It'd be awfully nice. I've told you before, my favorite Tarikoism, and it's such a silly one, but it was Will Hill will score from 2014. <laughs> it was so perfect. I think about it when I do play by play. I, I want to be like Mike Tarico. And uh, I also enjoyed the I enjoyed the goal the goal call on Zay Flowers celebration against the Chargers. That one also really, really good, Mike. I gotta give you credit well, thank for that. You. That, too. that that was fun. I, I, I explained to somebody the other day that all these celebrations it's like we're in a, like a live game of charades in front of 20 million people. we got to figure out what's the celebration <laughs> and identify it quickly. So yeah. that was, that was, that yeah. was a blast. And as long as my friend Andres Cantor let me borrow his goal call for eight seconds, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm yeah. happy to, happy to, happy to call him a teammate. The, uh, Zay's other celebration that night was a little bit tougher. It seemed like even the players involved didn't know exactly what was going on. On it, that it was it was a uh, slow build with the whole bouquet and the the deal. Yeah. It, it took a while to reveal to the end. So I'm with Lamar. I give much higher grades to the soccer than the uh, than the bouquet. <laughs> You're much kinder about it than Lamar was. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. You love it, Mike Tarico. Look forward to Sunday night. Of course, NBC and Peacock for Ravens Jaguars. Always appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us and thank you and happy holidays to all your listeners as well that's mike tarico who of course will be on the call for ravens jaguars he, one mention of me no not even not even one. stan of course was absolutely invited to be a part of the interview with mike tarico i'll pull the curtain back stan has a busy week this week because we had a new print issue of press box that came out so stan was not available and i've told the story mike loves me I wouldn't. I don't know about love. I mean, seriously, I don't, you've talked to him yeah, many times about me. Um, you know, I've t I've said this before. So you you probably heard that that sounded a little bit different. I wasn't in studio. I was. I've been uh, part of uh, NLSC is doing a documentary about St. Francis football, and I was a part of that. And so I was down filming that uh, yesterday, and 
mic was only. You're doing the hard knocks voice essentially for your narrating. No, the I'm whole just thing. doing like the the, the cam. They, they're cutting to me to okay. add some flavor, right? Gotcha, like, gotcha. Um, and you know, I told Griffin a while ago. I know the difficulty of booking guests, right? I used to book guests, and then by the way, I still do a lot of times. Um, so I know the difficulty of it. You mean when you really want somebody? Oh yeah, when it's time for like <laughs> yeah, the, the adult in the, the room. Head, yeah, I, I can't remember. There was something a couple weeks ago that just wasn't happening, and I was like, I- "I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'll take care of it." Um, I don't remember what it was. I don't, but I I absolutely remember. Yeah, I was yeah. just be like, "Just leave it alone. I got it." So, I made an agreement, sort of, that I would be available whenever if if Griffin worked on something and they said we can do it, but we can only do X time. That I three a.m. Glenn's yes, doing exactly it. Exactly yes. right. I would make myself available, and so I, you know, I got a headset and we figured out a way that we would go about doing it. So that's what happened yesterday, and uh, we would have loved for Stan to have been a part of it, but unfortunately, Stan was busy getting you guys the uh, print issue. A little press busy. Box. I'm a little too busy yeah, he's a, for Mike. Frankly, Rico. he's a little too important for Mike Tarico. This is Stan the fan, <laughs> Charles. We're talking. Think he can just stop his day for yeah. Mike Tarico? I yeah. think not. Nah. It don't work that way, Chief. You'll work around this man's schedule, okay? He's thank you Stan for standing, Charles. Yeah, thank you for standing show up. some respect. Yeah, for your seniors. Yeah, <laughs> how about that? Oh, speaking of uh, seniors, I had uh, people on Twitter enjoyed this one. Uh, I said last night at one point during the game, uh, forcing Al Michaels to work this game but not letting him work a playoff game is basically <laughs> elder abuse. <laughs> Very good. Touche. Um, that Touché. was uh, that was uh, that was not uh, that was not pleasant. For the record, Brandon Staley to this point still has not yet been fired. Now it's only eight twenty-five. Belongs. Uh, I mean, in fairness, what is he supposed to say after the game? Like, yeah. like, hey, Brandon, you think after you should still this one, Yeah, if you're, I, you're right, guys. You know what? I would just go ahead and fire me. <laughs> I joked with Ken Zalas last night that I think the punishment the Chargers are giving him are forcing him to continue to coach. They're not just letting him enjoy his holidays. Like I you got if you're Brandon Staley, you got to be thinking to yourself like, "Please, just fire well, me today." Well, you knew I was on, you know, he knows he's on the hot seat and then Justin Herbert goes yeah, down. I mean, it's over. It's like it's, it's, over. it's over. So, if I'm him, I just want to be able to have a nice holiday. The be- the best thing you can do for me, fire me today. Fire me today cuz then I can go spend some time with family. I don't have to deal with any stress. I'll get paid. Life will be good. And so the Chargers, it's almost like holding him hostage. Like, no, we're not letting you off the hook that easy. You've so got to go through the, the, the motions. So speaking of other coaching changes, yes. is, is it, do you think it's an a fait accompli that Eric Bieniemy is the next head coach of the Commanders? I or, don't. I don't. Or, yeah, In I don't fact, either. I would almost go the opposite way yeah. of that. I think it's less likely than it is likely. I yeah. think it's less than 50-50 that Eric Bieniemy gets that job. I, like The word has been that it has just not been... Eric Bieniemy is a old-school type of coach, and I don't think I knew that about him. Yeah. I think like a lot of people think of modern black coaches in football as players' coaches, as guys that understand modern athletes better and connect with them in ways that maybe some of the old school white head coaches don't. It's been almost sort of the opposite thought process that what we've heard from people that have been around Eric Bieniemy, which is Eric Bieniemy is more like your old school, old school. you know, kind of white coaches yep. and just does He's not a hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. And not popular with 
not as popular modern. as you would expect him yeah. to be. I also think it's an awkward situation there too, because are they really committed to Sam Howell? Like, are they committed, committed to Sam Howell? They would tell you they are. Yeah. But that's what are they supposed to do? He's yeah. the quarterback right now. I can't believe that you would truly behind the scenes be that committed to Sam Howell. Now, if the draft this doesn't work out for you, and there isn't a guy that you like, then. Maybe you are, but the the commanders with everybody else around them winning, like with the Giants and the Jets and teams like that winning. Griffin, what are they right now? The third overall pick in the draft, I think the commanders are. That's uh, man. Patriots. we know we know are they that really? are... the two right. We know that the 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 Bears have the number one pick, but it's the Carolina pick. Right. The Bears have the number one pick, and there's a lot of talk about. You know, will they try to move it because they like Justin? Field? The Commanders are the fourth, fourth pick, right yes, now. fourth. So fourth. run through me what it would be uh, right so now. So it'd be it'd be Chicago by Car- through via Carolina. Right. Um, New England is two. Arizona is three. Washington four. Chargers are now five. Bears are uh, six. So so yeah, Bears get one so, and six. So the Chargers obviously they're going to have their quarterback, but the other teams Arizona, Arizona I think unless they can find someone to take on Kyler Murray. Oh God. I love this website, Tankathon, because it, it has like the streak that so like it, it, in bright green, it's like yeah. lost six in a row, Carolina, and then in, in red, it's like have won three in a row, the Giants. Yeah, Some, <laughs> somebody <laughs> will red flag. Somebody yeah. will pick up. I mean, will take that contract, Kyler Murray. You think? Be, there, there might be some money that changes hands. Some a little. Who's bit. a team that needs a quarterback that doesn't have a the top Commanders? Pick? No, that doesn't oh, have oh, a doesn't an, have a an early pick. pick. Um, Tampa. Okay, where's their pick right now? They are currently in the playoffs, so they're 20th. Yeah. So, okay, there, there's a team that you can make an argument for. That if you're Tampa, and obviously the answer isn't Baker Mayfield. Right. If you're Tampa, why wouldn't you take a, a – if Arizona wants to move on? And that's the other question too, right? Like, does Arizona love, if they stick around four, do they love what the quarterback options are at four? Right. Or they say, hell, we're better off trying to run it back with Kyler Murray again. Yeah. But if they love a quarterback, or if they just say, this is, we've tried, it's just not happening. If you're Tampa, why not take on? How is it worse than whatever you're going to do otherwise, other than the fact that you'd have to take on a boatload of money in the process? I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that are not. You know, the Vikings have, are the Vikings are Vikings, 22 right now because they're in the playoffs as well. I guess the Saints don't. I mean, how long is the contract with Derek, Derek Carr? Carr yeah, how long is that contract. deal? Because he's definitely not the answer. There's he's no question. A five is that year, a four-year deal? Yeah, it's I a think. four or five-year deal. For how much was it per year? Well, it was 100 total, whatever it was. So was that it sounds like that no. sounds like the dead money probably is not awful after the second year, if that's the case. Like, but but do you want? Is Kyler Murray even at his best? That big an upside over? I see. I don't I think, think Kyler I, Murray has a big upside. I, I hear you on that. I just think it's so toxic with Derek yeah. Carr that, like, I I don't know. Uh, I was way off. I would have never four year one hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. What do you have the breakdown of what the dead money would be by year? Um. All right. So dead cap uh, next year will be fifty two. <laughs> And then in twenty five it is seventeen. So yeah, so it's yeah. The, it's not it's, this year; it's the next year that they right. could they could be palatable for them to move on. Right. Oh damn, that 52. is wretched. <laughs> that is wretched. And what uh, about the Raiders? Um, where are they picking? Okay, so I actually I had it backwards. So his so his dead cap is fifty two next year. His cap hit next year is thirty five right. forty five the following year, and Ooh. then fifty five wow. for the cap hit for the, the dead cap. The the dead the cap, cap is what matters. Okay, not the cap. cap okay, hit. all right then. Because you can you, you get all the money back. Except for what I'm saying, it's, in 2025, 
if they move on from Derek Carr, it's cost them $17 million against the cap because that's the dead okay. cap yeah. space. Every, the cap hit is no longer relevant if you if you release him at that point. That's why we don't have guaranteed contracts in football. That's the kind of point of the fight. Um, I guess we assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to try to play next year in New York, so they won't be in the market. The Raiders would be another team that doesn't have a high draft pick. But it's also like there's also this thought process all of a sudden there could be as many as like seven first round draft pick quarterbacks this year in part in part just, just because, because of, of how many teams yeah. need quarterbacks. Is a USC kid coming out? Yeah. Or he hasn't had yeah, I mean, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Right? He's you know he threatened like maybe if I don't like he's he's coming, he's coming out. out. He's not playing in their bowl game. He's coming out. Right. Um, Drake May is thought of to be the second quarterback from North Carolina, but then even I've heard like J.J. McCarthy talked about as being a potential first-round pick in this year's draft, and part of that is because there are so many teams that need quarterbacks that it feels like it might push up the quarterbacks. Also, how many non-first-round quarterbacks in recent years have looked kind of good, right? Who's like a quarterback looked- for Oregon? Bo Nix. He's on yeah. PFF's board. He is third right now. Jaden Daniels, four. Penix mm-hmm. is five. Okay. Well, I saw him play one game, and it was against Arizona State about three weeks ago. Okay. Jeez, whiz, they were fast offense. Well, they, I mean, the team. offense, yes, definitely moved fast. Yeah. Didn't matter against Washington, though. Yeah. Um, all right, Griffin, you want to go ahead and we'll do tidbit tubular. Then we're speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to chat with the quarterback. Yeah, sure. We because we got a lot yes. more. We still got to get into. Michael Pierce is going to join us. We got to get the ties, but we just have a lot going on today. So let's go ahead and do Tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, all right, so Rich Eisen had one, actually. Uh, his, his friends over at NFL Research helped him confirm that the Raiders' 42 first-half points were the most first-half points by a uh, team coming off of a shutout. It breaks the previous record of 34 points, which was done by the 1927 Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Ah, yeah. man. Now, you remember the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you went to a couple of the games, didn't you? <laughs> I, I broadcast their game. I thought that was the yeah. case. They were coming off of With a... With Tarico. Wow. Tarico was my color analyst. That's where it all started. I. It makes more sense now. They were, of course, coming off of a 0-0 tie with the, uh, the Dayton Triangles. You know what? I tell you what, this is the thing. You threw out all the records when the triangles and the yellow jackets yeah. got together, though. Like those two, that, I don't think that's a fair representation because those there was just a lot of bad blood involved. It was a whole thing. Stan would actually say salacious things about their mothers. Wow. Before the game as part of the Jeez. rivalry. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do this one because since we were talking about TFLs with uh with Bo. Yes. Um, and he mentioned that uh Kyle Hamilton now has the most TFLs by a DB in a single season. Um, Surpassing Ed Reed. Correct, correct. Ed Reed had uh, had eight in a season. I want to see if you can name the all-time Ravens leader for tackles for losses, any position. Ray Lewis. It is not Ray Lewis. Terrell Suggs. It is Terrell Suggs by I eight. Mean, this is very the sacks. Yeah, the well, sacks so TFLs, time, that's the, and that's the tricky part yeah. about this. TFLs were not a stat until 2001, or track stat, I guess, until 2001. I did not realize that either. Yeah. kind of. It's sort of like when you talk about sacks too, because it's, it's, sacks didn't come along right. for a long time. Um, it seems like Suggs would still be far, uh, pretty, pretty would still be ahead of Ray Lewis because Ray Lewis was at sixty six. If there was a way to separate sacks and other tackles behind the line of scrimmage, I feel like that would be valuable because I sometimes think that like measuring TFLs against other players, like sack artists are going to have a lot of TFLs. So I, I think it'd be valuable for 
for football conversation, if we could get to a place where we could separate non-sack TFLs from sack TFLs. Let's do the top 10 uh, TFL leaders. In Ravens, Ravens history? Ravens history. So, you have, Suggs. Yes, Suggs. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis, one and two. Peter Boulware. Peter Boulware, yes. I bet it's Sharper. Uh, Boulware's sharper. 10. Uh, sharper is not in Boulware's the top 10. only 10. Yeah, he is 10. That's kind of surprising. Haloti Nada. Uh, Haloti Nada, yes. He yeah, is good. sixth. Sixth. Um, what's his name? Um, McCrary. Um, McCrary? No, not in the top Small 10. Small sample size. Yeah. Only a few years. How about. Sorry, C- Boulware was ninth, so. Who? Boulware was ninth. Oh, okay. Nice. So there's one. That's CJ Mosley. CJ Mosley is uh just Very four good. four TFLs ahead of Peter Boulware, forty three. Adelius Thomas. Adelius Thomas is top three, right behind Ray, and then Terrell Suggs, of course, number one. Huh. Um. Ed Reed didn't crack the. He so did the, not. The defen- yeah. There's no defensive back in the top. 10. No, there's no. Ed Reed had 32. He would be the DB leader for for the Ravens with 32. He's like about 15. I, I just don't. I don't think he played. I'll say Bart Scott, but I don't think it's Bart Scott. Bart Scott is the tenth. He wow. Is the tenth. Rounds out the top ten. Good guess. Good guess. All right. But he will likely be surpassed. I would. Ass- I mean, he, he's two behind this current Raven. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is two behind Bart yeah. Scott. All right, so we're missing three of them. Correct. One, two, three. four. I, you're missing four. I got seven written down. I got Suggs, Lewis, Boulware, Nada, Mosley, Adelius, and Bart Scott. Um, one, two. Oh, sorry. Yeah, three. You're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah, sorry. You're missing so, two of the top so, five. So it was three then. Yeah. Was yeah, it? It was three. You're missing two of the top five. One or three of the top seven. Elvis Doomerville. Elvis Doomerville just it was, missed again. As it's well. a small sample size. It's actually tied with Ed Reed. Yeah. <sighs> what? A, it's. It sort of shows how weird the statistic is yeah. in trying to define something. Um. How about? You guessed McCrary. That was the only one that you guessed. How about? So. And wait! Don't don't okay, don't yeah. don't 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 don't. I won't. I won't. How about Rob Burnett? Uh, that's a good one. Rob Burnett is not in the top ten. However, where is how Burnett? about? Oh, he's way down there. Jared Johnson. Jared Johnson is in the top five. Great. Fifty-two TFLs. That's a good one for JJ. It's the, you're trying to guy think of guys that had more time here. Guys that yeah. got another contract. Guys that. Uh, Brandon Williams? Not Brandon Williams. You're it, that's the right position though. That's the where you want to be thinking. Brandon Williams had Sam Adams. Not Sam Adams. Tony Saragusa. Not Tony Saragusa. <sighs> Somebody a couple of years after that. Um. Back. Yeah, I think he. I think his. What was, what was his rookie year? Was his rookie year two thousand one? I want to say. God. His rookie. Oh no! Yeah, he was on the Super Bowl team. Kelly Gregg. Kelly Gregg. Kelly Gregg. Kelly Gregg. I guess he was. Was he hurt that year? What? No, he just was. He just didn't. Yeah, he was just, he there was, was a lot of. There was a lot of. He might have actually been on the practice squad for most of that year, if I remember correctly. What the Super Bowl yeah. season? Yeah, he won. Something. One more in the top four. He he is the fourth most. The fourth most. And he Judon. It is Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon. Got it. Didn't get a second contract, but Sheesh. still. Sheesh. Where's he playing now? New England. Still in New England. He's been hurt this yeah. year, though. He's been. Uh, un- they don't have a lot going on. No, it's eighty-seven. In fact, I heard a rumor he was at the Ravens game on Sunday. Really? 
Like, huh. I, I don't know if that's – I just – somebody What's, told uh, me that they saw Matt Judon at the game on Sunday. He's definitely a guy that – Or knew. maybe at least hanging out. Maybe he was at one of the pregame parties. Like, he might have been at one of the tailgates. Just like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? Very weird bit. He's definitely a guy that, you know, now that he's in his 30s, the Ravens will want him back. Yeah, it's probably true. That's probably be a true. good fit. All right. Uh, I will – let's pause here. We'll grab a break. And we'll get the tubular, you know, based on when my MJ Morris calls in. So that's what we're doing next is incoming Maryland quarterback transfer from NC State. MJ Morris is scheduled to join us. We will do that next. And the fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Uh, the uh, Stan the Fan pointed out during the break, the Royals have also added Michael Waka now, and I see this tweet from uh, Brandon Weil, who uh, writes for The Score in, in Canada. The Royals have now spent $82 million this winter on Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, who they signed earlier this week, Will Smith, Garrett Hampson, and Hunter Renfro. Giving the Dodgers a run for their money. Right. I mean, basically, they they spent, they got those five guys. They could have gotten, like, a ninth of Shohei Otani. Like, they could have gone on, and, like, if it was, like, a, you know, a horse situation, a race horse situation. I'm surprised they cheaped out on Jack Flaherty. Right. Why you wouldn't know. they have gotten in yeah, on the I mean, 14, why not go $14 million yeah. for Jack Flaherty? I wow. wish him well, I guess, is all I can say. Good good, good for Jack Flaherty. Hey, the Tyus Bowser Show returns this coming Tuesday. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Harford Road. Look forward to being out there with Tyus and his special guest. Hope that you will join us on Tuesday night. you got some friends, some family in town for the holidays. Come stop by and see us. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, A.J. Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you for the Tyus Bowser Show Tuesday night at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. University of Maryland has a new quarterback. Uh, won't be playing in the bowl game, obviously, but joining us now, a man who's decided that he's going to transfer into the University of Maryland after he was the starter at NC State. We welcome into GCR for the first time. MJ Morris, who is with us. MJ, it's Glenn. Stan Charles is in studio with me this morning. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on becoming a Turk. Yes, sir. Thank you for everything. Hey, Thank you for having me as well. Ab- absolutely, MJ. Uh, can you take me through? I-, I know that there's a connection that you have. Um, Maryland's general manager came from NC State. Timing-wise, did you when when he made that decision? Did you know then that this might be an option for you? Um, I actually didn't even know at that point. I was still just focused on the football because we were still in the season, of course. So I didn't, I didn't even know at that point. I mean, I, I knew he was going to uh, Maryland when he took the job and everything, and I was happy for him. Uh, I actually didn't talk to him again until the portal opened up, and then uh, he was one of the first people to call me. Did. You- Go ahead, Stan. MJ, uh, what attracts you about the University of Maryland program at this point? At this point, it was, you know, I would say the main thing that attracts me is really is really the people, the coaches. When I was up there on the visit, I felt so comfortable around Coach Loxley, Coach Gaddis, 
all the coaches who were with me on that visit, they really made me feel at home. Like I was a part of the team already. And that was my first time seeing them in person. You know, we had some great conversations about football and just life in general. So that was really the um, main thing that attracted me to them. MJ Morris is with us. He's coming to the University of Maryland. MJ, did you know a lot about Maryland at all? Like, I, you know, being in the ACC, being in a different conference, I don't know if you like watched Talia Tungavailo over the last few years or or had a sense of what Mike Loxley has done for guys like Jalen Hurts. Were you aware of any of that? And you know, in learning about it, how much of that was part of the reason why you decided you wanted to be at Maryland? Yes, sir. Before I didn't knew I didn't know too too much about Maryland. I mean, of course, I seen uh, what Talia did, uh, all the records he was breaking, how well he was doing, like seeing highlights on TV and then watching some games when I could of Maryland. But um, I didn't know too much. But and by new coach Loxley of history at Alabama and how he had, like you said, Hurts, uh, Tua, uh, Waddle, all them people, and then they made it very, very far. So learn about him, learn about his offense, about what he does with quarterbacks, the development part. And then Coach Gaddis, too, his his track record with quarterbacks. You know, it's just very impressive. And as a quarterback, that's it's a, it's a perfect place to go to to really learn how to play the position, to learn how to play in the NFL, learn different types of offenses. So, you know, I'm interested to go up there and just – put my head down at work and just learn from Coach Loxley and Coach Gaddis every day. Hey, MJ, uh, Maryland playing in the Music City Bowl against Auburn on December 30th. I know it's right in the middle of the holidays. Would the NCAA allow you to be there at the game, just not to play, but just to get the sense of what Maryland likes to do? Uh, and do you plan on trying to be there? Um, I don't I don't know too much to be honest if they'll let me come. I think they're trying to work something out so that so I'll be allowed to be on the sideline to be around the team. Okay. So uh, I couldn't give you the best answer right now, but I would I would love to be a part of that. You so um, you would and, like and, to be and, on and the sidelines. Okay. Yeah, an yes, opportunity sir, obviously to get to know these guys and to, to start ingratiating yourself. With that in mind, MJ, do you have any relationships? Like were there you know, football is still a kind of a small world, right? Were there guys that were on this team that, that you had any relationships with at all as you were going through this process? To be honest with you, I really didn't. I really wow. didn't know too many people on uh, the Maryland football team. I knew Tamarcus Cooley just because he was kind of from that North Carolina area, but um, I knew him. But I was really, to be honest with you, the only person I knew on the Maryland football team. Do you have a, like, you know, you're a young man from Georgia. Do you carry any, like, chip on your shoulder at all about the fact that, like, the SEC didn't want you? And, you know, I, I want to show, prove to everybody that, like, you should have kept me home. You shouldn't have allowed me to get get away. Yes, I always do carry a chip on my shoulder. I mean, it's not that the SEC didn't want me. Uh, I had because it was this decision was really between Maryland and uh, LSU. Oh right, yeah. So, I mean that's um, true. This time around, right? <laughs> yeah, this time around, it was really between Maryland and LSU. But um, it wasn't it wasn't too big of that. I just I just wanted to find a place where I can become the best quarterback I can be and go in in dreams of playing in the NFL one day, which is the ultimate goal. So wherever that is, I felt Maryland was the best place to do it. So that's where that's where my heart led me to be. I guess we should deal with that, right? Because it's kind of crazy for you to say that sentence knowing it was between Maryland and LSU, LSU right? Yeah. Like, you know, this is the yeah, school right. that, you know, just won the Heisman Trophy with Jaden Daniels and a couple years before that with Joe Burrow, right? So when you talk about those goals, 
why Maryland over LSU? And I, I, we're glad that you did, but like I think that a lot of people around here would say, "Wow, that's kind of surprising." Yeah, yeah, I have I have got that question a lot actually. But you know, when you look at it, I mean, of course, of course, it's a it's a big honor to be recruited by LSU to have an opportunity to go play for them. But when I just sat down, I, I prayed over it a lot, talked to my parents a lot, you know sat down quiet and just and just really let God kind of move me in the direction he wanted me to go. And then when I visited Maryland, I just got that 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 feeling that I was comfortable, that I was at home and that this is the place where I can, you know, put my own legacy on and do and kind of build from there. MJ, just to get a sense of how far you've come already, who was interested in you when you were first recruited? Uh, do you, do you mean in high school wise? Yeah. yeah. When you were co- going into college, you ended up picking NC state, but who else was in the running to get you back then? As I had a, um, I had a good handful of, um, people trying to get me. Of course it was Alabama, Georgia, um, okay. Auburn. That was kind of, er- that was, that was kind of earlier on. It's kind of my sophomore, junior year. And then when it came down to my senior year, my, I think, I believe my top three was Nebraska, Georgia Tech. Florida State and um and um NC State and I ended up choosing NC State. I was going to sit a year behind Devin Leary, uh and and learn from him and then play my sophomore year. But I ended up playing my freshman year a little bit. I've never really had the chance to ask somebody that went through this. How much of that when you say Georgia and Alabama were interested, did they get dismissed by you because you realized how far you would be from being the number one guy? Um, I wouldn't say so much dismissed. I mean, of course, as a high school athlete, you kind of, it's a, it's a very hard decision. Like it was still a hard decision now and I'm a, I'm about to be a junior in college. So yep. it was definitely a hard decision all the way around, but I wouldn't say so much uh, dismissed. It's just the people around me helping me, helping me pick the best decision possible that's uh-huh. going to develop me into the best quarterback I can be. So that was really uh, the deciding factor that really went into all of this. It, was, it wasn't so much about how big the school was, the name of it. It was right. really just about where which school has a great coaching staff that cares about their players and wants their players to be the best possible person and person on the field as well. The relationship thing's a big deal, and I know that uh, Mike Loxley is special in that way, so it, it's really interesting to hear you say that. MJ Morris, he's coming to Maryland to play quarterback. He's with us on GCR. A- MJ, it, were you given any assurances when you made this decision? Were you told, like, hey, you are the guy? Or is it, hey, I know I, I still have to go in, I still have to compete, I still have to earn that moving forward? Yeah, no, sir. Uh Coach Loxley there uh, didn't promise me anything. He said he said he's I'm gonna have to come in and compete and and earn it. Like that's the like that's with anywhere. That's what LSU said the same thing. You have yeah. to come in and compete. And that's just my mindset wherever I go. Wherever I go, I'm just a competitor at heart. I've been that way since my dad put me in football at four years old, having me play against six and seven year olds. Like I've just always been a competitor. So wherever I go, no matter if I'm the guy or not, I'm always competing with myself or anybody else in the room. Do you have, MJ, this is a goofy question, but do you have a number that you would like to wear? <laughs> you, okay, MJ, hang on. You have to know this This matters to my friend Stan. Stan is a big number guy. So is a very, very important part of your career. Is, is the plan the right to try number. to keep number seven? The plan would be to keep number seven, but I think 
I be- believe I'm not too sure a running back has number seven. Yeah. I don't want to go in and I, I don't want to go in and take in anybody's. How do you feel about six? How do you feel about six? Yes, sir. That yeah, that that was the next number I talked to Coach Lockett about. I said if seven is not available, then I would love to go to six because that's the number I wore my freshman, sophomore, and junior year of high school. So. I'm very familiar with that number. I did some great things that number, so I wouldn't mind going back to number six I at see, all. I see big things for MJ. You think that, that one's okay? Six. I think that's okay. Woo. Hey, um, uh, sheerly, a couple more things here with MJ Morris. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. The, the sheer volume of passing that Maryland has done in recent years, how much of that is intriguing to you? To say there's a real, you know, we, we talk about Delia who ended up, you know, breaking the record for the Big Ten and the most passing yards. How much does the sheer volume of passing in a Maryland offense intrigue you as someone who wants to show what you've got in your arm? Yes, sir. I mean, it definitely intrigues you a lot. Of course, any quarterback is going to want to go to an offense that definitely passes the ball, that that lets them make decisions, that makes them show what they can do. Like you just said, and with Coach Loxley's offense, I really uh, we, we watched a little bit of offense on some film when I was up there on the visit, and I really did fell in love with you like he – he really teaches it in the terms of this is what you're going to be doing when you get to the NFL. This is stuff that you that you need to learn how to do. So um, I, I feel like I can learn this offense very quickly. I know it's going to take me a little time, but once I get comfortable with it, I feel like uh, I can really I can really thrive in this offense. You're also entering a situation that's it's been difficult, right? And I know this is going to change a little bit as the Big Ten gets away from the divisions, and so Maryland won't have to play you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State every year. But it's been tough, right, for Maryland football to break through. Why are you uniquely suited for the challenge of leading a Maryland program that still has a pretty sizable hill to climb if they want to compete for championships? Yes, sir. I feel like I can just come in and, and really voice my leadership, voice my competitiveness around the locker room because whenever I play a football game, I look at it no matter who it is, whether when I was at NC State, whether it was Clemson or or another small school we played, I always went to the game the same way that that's just another man who puts on the same pants pants on as you. So when I go into that game I'm just I'm just playing my game the best that I can I can do. So I feel like if I just voice that around the locker room and get everybody to be on the same page and it doesn't matter who we're playing, we're going out and play our football the best we can, and that and that that's just going to take it over from there. Can you explain just because I and I apologize for not you know it's it's sort of like the question Stan asked earlier, based on the timing of when you stepped away from NC State this season, where will you be eligibility wise moving forward, with Maryland? Yes, sir. I'll have three more years of eligibility left. So that's a that's a pretty sizable opportunity, yeah. right, for you to, to to lay a foundation and be able to do something special, and I. I imagine you don't make this move thinking that you're not going to be here for at least a couple of those years. Yes, sir, you're right. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't plan on going anywhere else. I'm. I, I feel comfortable, Maryland. I feel like Maryland's a spot that I'm gonna be for the rest of my college career. So I'm just. I'm just. I'm just ready to get to work from there. I'm just really excited. Awesome. How much of your discussions with Coach Loxley and Gaddis were about what the fit is to the type of player you are? Are you? I haven't seen you play much at all. Are you a guy that can move out of the pocket, or are you a kind of like an old-fashioned pure passer? Yes, sir. I would call myself more of a. Um, you know, I do love staying in the pocket. If I can stay in the pocket, I I, I know how to work the pocket, know the spaces in the pocket that I need to get to 
to get myself calm, but I'm also very mobile. If I have to get outside of pocket, if I have to make a play on my legs, I'm very capable of doing that as well. Um, I did it. I did it a lot my freshman year. My thought last year they didn't they didn't let me run too much. We did a little dual quarterback thing where the um where Brandon Armstrong ran most of the running plays. But I am very capable of, of using my legs to hurt defenses. All right, MJ Morris, we got to get to know you before we let you go. Tell me about like away from yeah, with number six, obviously Stan's really worried about that. But tell me about you know when you're away from football, what are you all about? What are you into? You know, besides wanting to get to the NFL, what other goals do you have long term? Like, walk me through what makes MJ Morris MJ Morris besides football. And I would say I would say I'm more of a really simple person. I don't really do too too much. I'm usually in the house all day if I'm not in football. Um, either walking my dog, uh, hanging out with my family, playing Madden with the guys. I used to be, I used to like fishing a lot, but. One day, uh, I went with my friend, and he caught seven fish, and I, I caught zero. We were literally five yards away from each other. So I haven't been fishing since. So. <laughs> sounds, like the, simple person. sounds like the way I was at the bars trying to pick up women when I was Yeah, all of, your, all of your buddies were picking like, up yeah. all the girls, and you said, all right, that's it. I just I have to give up now. Um, uh, and, who, that's what it felt like. Who do you play with when you play Madden? I usually I used to be play with the Vikings a lot, but then I started playing with the Packers with Jordan Love. You know, I just, okay. I feel undefeated when I play with the Packers for some reason. That's interesting. He's a special talent. That's an interesting player. What kind of dog do you have? He's a little bit of a mutt. It's a golden retriever mixed with a beagle collie. Uh, oh wow! The dad is supposed to be a Jordan a golden retriever. We don't know too too well. We know the mom is for sure a beagle collie. I got it from. My uncle, when I think I was in eighth grade, so he's been he's been with us for a while. But um, that was that was the first dog I've ever had, so I love him. I I, I am. I treat him what's his name? What's his name? His name is Theo. T H E O. Where'd it come from? Um, it came from my uncle had lived in Augusta, Georgia, and his his dog he had had puppies, so we drove up there because my dad wasn't too big on dogs. He didn't really want to dog in the house but me and my mom and my sister drove up there and brought him back home and he's been with us ever since so i apologize mj i meant where, where did theo come from where did the name yeah, where come did from? The name come from <laughs> um i think my sister named them actually i wanted to name him diego but i think my sister just fell in love with theo all right he's the one who she's the one who um who picked him out i picked out there was a golden one i picked out him and he she picked out theo so she got to name one, of course. Very right. cool. Uh, at MJ underscore Morris 7 on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's Miles with a Y. Miles.Morris2, correct? Yes, sir. Um, MJ, great to meet you, man. Really looking forward looking to seeing forward to what you're going to bring to Maryland football over the course of the next few years. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. We will be in touch. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, all right? Yes, sir. You too. I, I appreciate y'all for having me. MJ Morris, incoming uh, transfer. Sounds like a great kid. He certainly really does. Good. No question about that side of it. Fascinating um, hearing that LSU won. Well, I don't, I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't know what other quarterbacks are in the mix at LSU moving forward from Jaden Daniels. Like I don't know how that situation played out. If you know, if it looks a little bit more clear, the path for him mm-hmm. here at Maryland, the path would have been at LSU. I just, you know, not. Not being on top of it, I can't answer to that really question. really sounds like he's got his head on straight. No doubt about that. Yeah. Very uh, nice young man. Really enjoyed that conversation and looking forward to seeing more of him. 
Stan, you want to go ahead and duck out? We got I'm a little bit out more to do. You got yep. the Pierce interview on tape. Yep. Uh, it's good to see you guys. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. I'll be back with a um, Monday baseball talk, and then Wednesday that'll be with Ross and uh, Luke, Luke yep. and I. That'll be around five o'clock as shown Monday, and then seven o'clock or six o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, Andy Dolich, Marty Conway, You're... and Gary Stein with a sports business huddle. That's uh, it's always something very informative whenever you do those, and I imagine the Orioles will be very much a part of that conversation yeah, after next so. week's announcement. I would think so. All right, my friend, appreciate you. It's great to see you as always. Stan the Fan Charles. Our are... picks are up, right? They are as well at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox. Stan the Fan hanging out with us. Um, why don't we do this, Griffin? We'll do it in this order. We'll listen. We'll talk. We'll chat with Michael Pierce. Then we'll do Tubular, and then we'll wrap up with the Tyus Bowser show. Sound good? Had to do this again. They're on the practice field right now, so we had to do this a little bit earlier on with his schedule, but had the opportunity to catch up with uh, Michael Pierce before he joins us on Monday night for our big charity event. I can't say enough about our next guest. I mean, obviously, he's in the midst of – I wonder if he'll agree with me. I, I think it's been his best season as a pro, and um, he's coming out with us on Monday night. We're going to be at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard, and he has said, I want to come meet everybody if you'll help us out with helping up mission and collecting toiletries and underwear and things that we need for everybody. He is Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce, and he's back with us on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn. It's always good to see you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. I'm excited for Monday, and uh, it's always a pleasure to hop on, brother. Dude, I, first of all, I, I know the Ravens have been involved with Helping Up Mission for a long time. Have you been able to get out and see Helping Up Mission at any times they've gone out there for their coach drives? Yeah, yeah. I think I did 2019. Um, we had, uh, I think, Maybe it's 2018. We gave out turkeys there, and then I know uh, Craig Singletary heads out yep. uh, coat drive down there. So, um, yeah, I've been out a few times, man. It's, it's a um, special place, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be a part of, of giving back. Dude, what you just said, it is truly a special place, and it is truly where people in our community go when it's time for them to change their lives. And they have one of the greatest success rates of any facility on the East Coast, and um, we've been doing everything in our power. and. We used to raise coats, and then between us and the Ravens, they were like, we have so many coats. Can <laughs> can we try what we don't have enough of is toiletries? And it's a more difficult ask, but, um, you know, I, I was trying to come up with ideas, and for you to chip in and say, dude, I'll come out there, I, I can't even begin to explain to you. And I know the type of person you are. Um, you know, I, I, I think you'd say, I'd like to call you a mensch, if that's all right, and I know – how much it means to you to do this type of stuff. Where did this come from for you? Like who made you the type of person that you are as far as your concern for other humans and the way that you want to give back? Uh, my parents, man, um, it's something that we've always done. Uh, my dad comes from a underprivileged family. Um, I think he grew up in the house with whew, seven, seven or eight siblings and his mother in like a two bedroom home. So, um, I'm very, very humble beginnings. Um, first to go to college in his family and uh, just kind of blossomed from there, man. And uh, just been really, really good about serving our community. He became a pastor along with running the business. So um, definitely my parents have just instilled that in me. Um, like I said, I've still had some family members who live in underprivileged situations, but um, I just vividly, vividly remember um, 
having my cousins and all those guys just looking up to my dad and Man. seeing what they were in life and just uh, wanting to do better. And um, like I said, just giving back and knowing my family's history and knowing that um, we've been blessed in a major, major way. So anytime I can give back uh, to the community, it's just it's coming from that place. And that's awesome. I'm so grateful for it. We can't wait for Monday night. By the, are, are you a Chick-fil-A? I, I know you got your wife's got you eating healthy. I know that like it's a whole different world. Are you even allowed to have anything when we're at Chick-fil-A on Monday nights? I'm um yeah, yeah. M- Monday I can I can break the diet a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super big on them milkshakes, man. Oh, dude, they're out of control. I'm sure, my wife will be with me, and she likes all the other. Okay, stuff. okay, I'll, all right. I'll take me a large strawberry milkshake, and I, I'll be happy. All right, I love that, man. Fifty-one ninety-eight Campbell Boulevard, Chick Fil A, Nottingham Square, Monday night, six to seven thirty. We're gonna be there. Uh, Mike, I said a sentence in that open. I said, I think this might be your best season as a pro. And you've had some damn good seasons. Um, it, it, are are you ready to go there? Or, you know, I, I know you're uh, feeling good. No, I don't know, man. Uh, I was off to a really, really good start in Minnesota. I think I had like three sacks in eight games. So if I can pull off another two in the uh, in the four we have left before the playoffs, um, I, I'll definitely be saying that that's up there, man. But um, now it's been a great year, man. Not only myself, but Justin Meta BK is just blowing our minds away. Trav is having a career year, even though he's younger. Uh, we just got a lot of guys just balling, man. So um it's been a lot easier for me than in the past just having so much so much help and just guys just playing very very motivated and, and purpose-driven football man it's been awesome i know we are way past the 24-hour rule but would you be willing to relive the kick the punt return with me like would you be oh, willing yeah. Yeah, certainly, certainly. so i i put tyus on the spot can, can you describe as you're watching from the sideline like can you reenact what was going through your mind, how you were reacting, all of that. Well, it, it'll be kind of easy because I was just in shock, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just in shock, man. It was more so like when he caught the ball, you know, you obviously when they're going up the sideline, you look for any flags. So, you know, I'm literally probably like 10 yards away from where he caught the ball. So I'm just looking up at the screen. And I'm like, damn, there's, excuse my language. There is nobody. Once he did that little spin move and got past two people, I was like, there's nobody. Is they going to call this thing back? I didn't see any flags. You know, obviously he jumps in the end zone, man. People are running this way. People are running that way. Um, if, if you watch, you probably won't be able to see that cut on the film. But like, I literally was just standing there like this. I think I heard the trainer might. And uh, some of the support staff, man, and uh, just kind of jogged and just and just believe, man. It was it was an awesome play, uh, Tyler. Tyler, that's that's a I'm sure that's a career memory for him. I, I was wondering, you know, we we've been talking about it all throughout the week for that guy and everything he's been through. You know, like I've I've talked a lot like with you and your journey to this point and how the last couple of years have gone, but. Like he's been desperately trying to break through and has been through injuries and didn't know if he was even going to be on the team. You all like you all know what everybody's going through. You all see it up close and personal. What did it mean to you guys to be able to celebrate that with him after everything he's been through? It's just I mean, it's hard to put in the words, man. You see how hard he works. Very, very I've, I've probably heard him speak maybe less than 10 times, man. Wow. Very quiet dude, just about his business and um, just worked so hard, man. And like I said, I know it was between him and Prochet and all that stuff during camp, and he ended up making the team. And 
Uh, I think they said he ended up missing, like a few missed assignments that game. Yep. So um, just to see him make a career-defining play, um, you only can hope that, you know, that sparks him to keep going and do other things. But, um, no, man, I couldn't think of anybody else off the top of my head that really, really could use that to propel them forward. So, man, I'm, we all super, super excited for him. Um, I think he got like a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. <laughs> And all that this week. So um, it's always great to see guys, you know, I don't play in a spotlight position, but guys who work their tail off on special teams and all that stuff that's really, really behind the scenes get some spotlight, man. It's just awesome. So I'm super happy for him. Michael Pierce is with us here on GCR. He's going to be with us Monday night at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Michael, I, I wonder, you know, knowing what you guys have starting Sunday, right? Like at Jacksonville, that is that is a tough, tough game. How much do you think it's helped to have been tested the way you were the last couple of games, the game before the bye, going down to the end of it, obviously this one all the way to overtime. How much do you think it helped to be tested the way that you guys have to come through knowing what's ahead of you as you try to lock up that number one seat? Um, I, I think it plays a big role, man. Uh, not just for this week, but uh, for the next few weeks following, man. Uh, we got, I suppose that we had the toughest uh, remaining schedule in the league. So, um, you know, going through, we'll just go back to Indy, dropping that at home late. Um, going through the situation we did with the Rams. Uh, shoot, we, we lost the game in Pittsburgh late. So, um, now nah, all those things, even the wins, um, you can take those small little lessons. Um, you know, our defensive coordinator gets to call different stuff in different situations, see what he likes, see what he doesn't like. So all those things, I think, play a role in not only playing, you know, great teams like the shoot, Jacksonville is really good. And then, you know, supposedly the best team in the league, the 49ers. And then you go and who we have after that? Uh, the uh, Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins with Tyree yeah. Hill. Man, now we uh we got a gauntlet, man. It's something you look forward to, especially Sunday night, Monday night football, man. It's gonna be awesome. But um, I think for everybody, especially our coordinators, our D-line coaches, everybody, we've been in those pressure pack situations. We lost some and we won some. So um building up to the playoffs, obviously, you never know what's gonna happen each and every Sunday. But um, I think our players, we did not panic, even though our defense didn't perform as, as well as we liked, especially down the stretch. Um, nobody panicked, man, and that's that's big time. But like, it's more so about execution. Now. I, I know what you mean when you say you we didn't, you know, as defense play as well as we would have liked, right? Because even, I mean, my gosh, some games this year you you barely allowed anything. So I understand what you mean by that. But knowing how difficult it is to win in the NFL against good teams, like how do you measure? Sure, we'd love to be more perfect versus. Hey, when they got the ball in overtime, we got the job done. Like we got the stop that we needed to to get. Like, how do you measure? I I just wonder what that's like. That conversation is it disappointment? Is it, dude? You know, if if we don't play better, we're not going to beat these teams. Or is it, hey, that that is winning football. Like even if it's not perfect, that's winning football. What we did, right? Um, I think you you do you kind of both really. So, yeah. um, especially like our first half performance, everybody was really really pissed off. Um, you know, I don't use buys as an excuse and none of that crap, man. Um, we just did not play our standard football, especially in the first half. And then, you know, we let up a couple of drives. But I think all in all, you kind of take, like I said, a grain of salt from each game in each different situation. Um, you know, if you make it to the Super Bowl, you just made it to the Super Bowl. Who cares how you actually made it there, right? Um, but no, nah, you definitely don't plan to have those performances where you give up 30 points. Um, you do everything to prevent those games, but sometimes, you know, you run into a great team like the 49ers, that could be a shootout. 
Dolphins that could be a shootout. You definitely take pride in getting those stops late in games, but um, you try to minimize each and every time that you, so you don't even have to get to that, if you will. So um, you take pride in the things that you do do well, but also you definitely acknowledge and over-prepare on the things that they found holes in your defense or whatever the case may be, matchups. You definitely try to screw those things down as tight as possible. But um, like I said, man, when it gets down to the playoffs and those type of things, if they if it's a shootout, it's a shootout. As long as we win, it's great. And like I said, you can learn from the small stuff. But um, no, you definitely acknowledge those things that you did not do well and drill those, drill those, drill those going into the next game. All right, so the Ravens shared a video this week um, from their Wired segment of you guys watching Lamar Jackson on the one play where he just was in the pocket for like an hour and then decided finally to take off. And your reaction is just so wonderful because like you've you've seen this enough. Like it's not new, obviously, but still the the way the way that we all react every time we're reminded like this dude is just different you still get those feelings when you watch him play yeah yeah no man um that stuff just never I mean you know people make their quote-unquote routine plays those those plays however routine they may be for him it's still like especially as a defensive lineman like Aaron Donald mm-hmm. is out there trying to take this man's head off um <laughs> you know like the people it's, it's just uh yeah, it's just a special dude, man. So anytime you see those plays where, you know, nobody else can really make those plays. You acknowledge yep. as a defensive lineman that this dude stands back here long enough. J.D. Clown is somebody, <laughs> let alone a Hall of Famer, Aaron Donald or somebody like that is on the other side. Something is going to happen to this quarterback. So, um, man, nah, it, anytime you see those plays, like I said, they may happen once or twice in somebody's career somewhere else. This happens, you know six, seven, eight times a year. Yep. For us. So um, now, man, you just celebrate that greatness, man. And it's really, it, it certainly is shocking, man. Like, it, it's, yeah, you can be at a loss for words pretty easily, even though, you know, like I said, we live with this dude, we practice with this dude, we see this crap eight, nine different times. <laughs> and so... Um, you it just never ceases to amaze you. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that you still react like that every time, the same way that we do. Um, you know, obviously Sunday's Jacksonville. You, I know, weren't part of it last year. Unfortunately, you weren't on the field. But has it been a topic of conversation this week? Like that was that was brutal. What happened down there last year? Like, or or does I don't maybe maybe you guys you know I know there's a lot of like new year new team type of stuff that works within football. Like, do you ignore it entirely, or does it get talked about during the course of this? No, no, no. That certainly was brought up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first meeting Hawes brought up in team meeting, and then Mike brought up like two or three times, and I think Coach Weaves is also just anytime somebody like, you remember what happened in Jacksonville. So, um, no, nah, man. Um, there's some you know, like I said, we take each and every game personal. I'm assuming everybody does, but um, no, nah, that uh, that has been brought up. More times than I like to count. So <laughs> no, we we have not forgotten. Got to so. make sure. Got to make sure it doesn't happen again. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Michael Pierce, Monday night. I I really I and I hope you know from the bottom of my heart and everybody that's involved with us and everybody at Helping Up Mission. I I can't tell you how much it means that you're stepping up and doing this and so many folks excited to come out and meet you on Monday. And we need toiletries. We need deodorant. We need 
toothpaste. We need shampoo. We need all that. We need razors. We need you to go over and buy just packs of Hanes or Fruit of the Loom and bring them over. That's what these folks need. These are people that have nothing that are coming in off the street and they need the the basic needs to try to get through. So please, what we're asking for is you either run over to Target, Walmart, something like that, buy $25 worth of that stuff and bring it over with you. Or if you don't have time for it, um, you can make a cash donation as, as soon as we finish up, we're wandering over to Target ourselves to spend all of that money on um, all those toiletries and uh, underwear and things like that that we need. So please come out with that on Monday night. Michael Pierce, God bless you, man. Um, it, it truly means the world. Thank you, man. I will be making a donation myself. So oh, super, super excited. And uh, see you guys on Monday. And uh, like I said, it's always for a greater cause. So looking forward to it, brother. That's Michael Pierce. I, I can't. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by his kindness as Michael Pierce is going to come join us on Monday night. And I appreciate him taking the time today to uh, help get the word out. And we will see you on Monday night at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Again, please bring $25 worth of donations, toiletries, underwear, those types of things, razors, shaving cream, toothpaste, deodorant, hair gel. Uh, we need pajamas for the women. We actually need diapers for the fact that some of the women at the women's shelter um, have their kids there with them. We need all of these things. So please, please, we beg you. Bring them out on Monday night, and if you can't go shopping for them ahead of time, then just be prepared to make a $25 or more donation, and uh, we appreciate that. We can't say enough. All right, so it has become official. Brandon Staley is out as the Chargers head coach, as we all expected. Also, Tom Telesco, their general manager, out as well. So uh, they are cleaning a house after that debacle. I mean... In fairness, they didn't have Justin Herbert. I saw somebody, I don't remember who it was, somebody tweeted out last night. Um, while watching this, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Justin Herbert isn't the NFL MVP. <laughs> I was like, I, I get the thought process. I totally understand it. All right, um, who's Tubular brought to you by, Griffin? Uh, Tubular is going to be brought to us by... By your local Toyota dealer, that right? That is correct. And by Toyota.com. Yeah. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here is what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Not a lot going on tonight. Tomorrow, NFL triple header on NFL Network. Vikings-Bengals at 1 o'clock. Steelers-Colts at 4.30. Broncos-Lions at 8.15. Local hoops teams in action tomorrow. Loyola's at Mason at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Towson's at Bryant at 2 on Flow Hoops. Um, bowl games start tomorrow yes. on ESPN. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. If you have not made your picks yet for our bowl pick'em contest. Got to get them in. Get them in. Get them in today. ESPN's got the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Georgia Southern and Ohio University at 11 a.m. The New Orleans Bowl, Jacksonville State and Louisiana at 2.15. Go Gamecocks. Sure. New Mexico Bowl, New Mexico State, Fresno State at 5.45. And the Independence Bowl, Cal and Texas Tech at 9.15. ABC has the Celebration Bowl, Howard and Florida A&M at noon. The Cure Bowl, Miami, Ohio, Appalachian State at 3.30. And the L.A. Bowl, UCLA, Boise State at 7.30. Good slate. Good slate. Um... 
No, it's definitely not that. That's Whatever you think it is, not that. So, uh, uh, fight tomorrow night, right? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. That now that is that is a big one. Is it two ninety six? I think we're yes, at right 296, now. Two ninety six. Leon, Leon Colby. Colby Covington. Um, yeah, it's a good card. It's a good card. I'm Anything excited. You got for a it. bet on, on? Um, I like. Let me hold on. Let me see what it's I like. It's a ten o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN Plus pay per view. Correct. Um, I like. I like I like Alexander Pantoja in the uh, the the other title fight, the flyweight title fight. I like him to get the win over Brandon Royville. Um, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a very exciting card. I like most of the favorites throughout it, so I feel like uh, Patty Pimblett's on this. Patty Pimblett is on the card. Like yeah. He's fighting Tony Ferguson, so that's kind of mm. it, it's a little because you know Tony Ferguson's fighting Wonder Boy's fighting, and uh, they're both probably gonna get you know steamrolled a little bit. Okay. So it's 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 a little disappointing just because these guys are out of their prime. They're now on the on the down, and and they're fighting these guys that are on the that are on the come up. I mean, Patty Pimblett's coming off that that fight where he he barely beat Jared Gordon and he was acting like he dominated it it was a questionable decision um, but he's still at this point in their careers he is still far better than Tony Ferguson so okay. Patty Pimmel will get a win uh, Shavkat Shavkat Rachmanov is uh, fighting Wonder Boy and he is the biggest favorite on the card and that fight's gonna be uh, just I, I I hope Wonder Boy can uh I don't know I don't know it, it's it's Wonder not good Boy. it's not gonna be good for Wonder Boy unfortunately what is the um, secret of your but yeah that's a, it's a the, the main card I'm very excited for. Wonder they lost Boy, Ian Gary. Won't you take me far away? There was another the fight mucky, mucky that was wiped from the card. Um, it, it brought down the prelims value just a little bit, um, but the the main card is still I, one of, He's one no of the He's no young best nasty man, is he? Uh, Wonder Boy. Um, I don't think so. What, you what, take what? the high road. I'll take the low. Wonder Boy is one of the nicest guys, one of the nicest MMA fighters out there, so I don't think he's a nasty boy. Sunday, it's young nasty man is not Wonder Boy is a different person, obviously than young nasty man. Right. You take the high road. I'll take the low. Of course, no, nothing at all. I know. I'm sorry. Nothing at all. Sunday night football for Ravens Jaguars, eight twenty on NBC. List Peacock. Or? It's. I just wish you were familiar with Tenacious D's library. It's. It's 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 beautiful. It's a it's a magical. Play the best song yeah. in the world. I guess I should. Or I'll eat your souls. <laughs> Needless to say, the beast was not. Anyway, Fox Sun. No, I'm good. Fox. Although, if you put on uh, "Effort Gently," I swear to God, you want to get white people in a certain age to all start singing, cry singing along to something. Put on "Effort Gently" by Tenacious D. Uh, Fox Chiefs Patriots one o'clock on Sunday and Cowboys Bills at four twenty-five. Pretty big game. Normally we complain about the Cowboys being in all the national TV windows, yeah. but that one's a good one. CBS Commanders Rams four o'clock on Sunday. That's the only local game on CBS. Navy Hoops hosts Washington College at one o'clock on Sunday on ESPN Plus. Everything else go to GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything non-sports wise? Uh, yeah, quite a little. It's the national tr- it's the national Christmas tree lighting tonight on CBS at eight. Can't miss that. Followed by the fiftieth annual Daytime Emmy Awards. Oh, you definitely can't miss that. I I think Guiding Light's gonna sweep this year. Um, uh, on Netflix, there's a new move. There's a new Chicken Run movie out. Uh, Dawn of the Highlights, Nugget. Griffin. Dawn it's twelve twenty five, and we still have another segment. Oh, on Apple TV Plus is the Family Plan movie. This is Mark. Wahlberg and he is like an assassin or something and his family's getting hunted down it looks like it's like supposed to be like kind of like he takes his to save his family he goes on a road trip with them it, I don't know okay Paramount Plus has Findest Kind um this is this is the Tommy Lee Jones uh movie um that Jenna Ortega's in and uh so like his boat his sons take his boat out or something and it gets seized by the Canadian government um 
I, I think it was based on a true story. I think I can't remember. I, I'll believe you. Um, and they need the help of General Ortega and Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Boston Crime Gang to like help them get the boat boat back from Canada. Um, I'm not really. I don't. I. I, sure. I, I wasn't really sure. But sure. it. You know, good cast, obviously. So. Okay. Um, uh, season two of Reacher, of course, mm. out on Prime Video now. We saw all plenty I'm of. I'm not a Reacher guy. I'm just so do anything for me. Watching, I I was like, just because I I, I like. Uh, yeah, you like. Yeah. Uh, what's his face from Blue Mountain State? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan. Uh, Alan Richson. Richmond. Yeah. Richson. 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 Yes. Um. So I started watching season one of Reacher last night. And, and former uh, guest of the program. Really, Alan Richson. I told you that this week we had this conversation. He came on when they did the Blue Mountain State movie. Damn. I believe he came on to promote Do it again. That. Okay. Um, I was kind of like... He's liked dad, it. right? Yeah, 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 he's dad. Dad yeah. Castle. Yeah. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Red, Do- Red Nose Reindeer Frog by Frosted Snowman on CBS tomorrow night. Ah, that is... At 8 o'clock. Are SNL. We, I don't know if we're going to be home or not tomorrow night. We have a... If you can find it on YouTube at this uh, point. Santa's coming to my mother-in-law's house. Really? It's a thing that wow. we do every year. Santa. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal, right? We Santa! Know, we know him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kate McKinnon hosting SNL with Billie Eilish as the musical guest. It's Sound of Music on ABC Sunday night. Okay. <laughs> you told me you want the Christmas stuff, right? I, yeah, I don't. I never understood the Christmas. Yeah, I don't thing know. The Sound of Music. I've never gotten that. So there is another. They're doing another Archer, like a final movie, like a long, like, like really? a long episode of like an actual finale for. for well, I was Archer. not aware of that. It is at 10 p.m. Okay. on FX. Uh, I mean, Excellent. I guess it'll be on Hulu the next day. Yes. But uh, but that is on FX. I will Sunday spend nights. some time with that. That's wonderful. Um. Yeah. Those are those are your highlights. Um, we, oh, I, so it's been a weird bit, but the boys have been asking me to sing them Christmas carols when they, when we, they go to bed this week. <laughs> My six-year-old really likes yeah. Little Drummer Boy. He's a big Little Drummer Boy guy. Uh, eight-year-old Jingle Bell Rock Man. Like, I don't know if that's appearing to their soul somehow, but the, I'm a rocking around the Christmas tree. You're a rocking around the Christmas yeah, tree so. guy? Uh, one time I was having lunch. I was having lunch with Johnny Holiday one day, and he was like, "You know who I met recently?" And I was like, "I don't know, Johnny." He was like, "I I met. Do you know who Brenda Lee is?" I'm like, "Johnny, do I know who Brenda Lee is? Do I <laughs> I know who Brenda Lee is?" And I'm like, "That's the coolest picture I've ever seen in my life. It's Johnny Holiday and Brenda wow. Lee." I'm like, "I am, I am the entirety of the people." That love this picture. That think that this is the picture I would just share on the internet. Break the internet. <laughs> that would be for me. Johnny Holiday and Brenda Lee would be that one. <laughs> so we're singing Christmas carols last night. And I say, hey, next weekend, we don't really have a lot of plans. Like, it just kind of works out that the Christmas isn't until Monday. Monday. yeah. So, like, Sunday night we've got plans. But, like, Friday night, Saturday night, not a lot. Everybody's already gotten through the, the holiday party season and all the events and all that sort of stuff. I was like, why don't we maybe go Christmas caroling? Like, we can go around, see your cousins. Like, we'll go drive up, and we can go sing. Nope. <laughs> All right, then. Nah, just us. All in right. The, in the I, I have always failed. I've, every year, I've wanted to recreate the Home Alone scene and just put a, a band in the back of a U-Haul, and mm. Jeremy and I can whoever else can go get ripped and... Like go Christmas caroling, yeah. but then like randomly show up at people's houses and maybe not sing a Christmas carol. Like we instead sing like a Guns N' Roses song instead. I've always thought that'd be a good fun that'd fundraiser, good. Yeah, and I've just never been able to put it together. It's a little bit too much with everything yeah. else I have working. Work next on year. that for next week. Next year for no, we can still oh, pull it week. off before the, the holiday. Try to put that together uh, for next right. week. Let's talk to my U-Haul guy. You you know band people, right? Um, track them down. I want them. I want John Candy back from the dead. That's what I want. Okay, I'll. They had a huge hit happens. in Sheboygan. I'm not sure if you're aware. Polka, 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 polka. Was that a hit in Chicago? In Sheboygan. <sighs> All right. Anyway.
anyway, uh, there we go. That's uh, that's it. Thanks today yes. too. It was a busy day. Thanks to Stan the Fan Charles. Thanks to Mark Schlera. Thanks to Bo Smoka. Thanks to Mike Tarico. Thanks to MJ Morris. And thanks to Michael Pierce. We'll get it all up in the greatest hit section of the... Oh, my God. Thanks, Stan, for... I said that. That was the first one I said. But other than that, you nailed it. Well, there was like seven of them. Go ahead. We'll get it all up in the greatest hit section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Sunday night for Project Game Day. We're back on Monday. And, of course, because we had a loaded show today, on Monday we have... Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Jeremy Khan, I believe. Jeremy well, Khan. That's well, what we yeah, got. Probably yeah. on Monday. Although he is coming to do the drinking right. show next week, so that's a lot of Jeremy Khan, but oh yeah, it's fine. All right. Never know. Oh, are we doing the did you get did you ask Gwen's chili bowl? For Did I not tag you in the Malort cookies? The Malort cookies. Check uh, your Facebook. I thought I oh, tagged my Facebook. you. Facebook. Yeah, sorry, I do not check Facebook. Oh, check that. I want to. I want us to try to. I, I wanted to see if if Gwen's chili bowl would make us malort cookies. That sounds for the drinking show. Awful. Oh, it would of course be awful. <laughs> but that's the point. Yeah, she may not be able to. Why not? Because <laughs> it sounds awful. Okay, then you have to make them. Your new favorite. Your new favorite holiday cookie, the malort cookie. Oh, so. So you have to use Malort. Where where do we find Malort around here? Anywhere? I or? mean, we can find some Malort, I assume. Okay. <laughs> you don't have any at home? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't think so. Um, can I mean, at least yeah, I can see where I can see if what, Gwen's what, chili what bowl. If my, not, my sister's home from school too, so that oh, will, maybe she could yeah, take so, care of so it. it. There's enough hands around All that right. now that uh, I think that would be great. I think yeah. I would. I think that would be really brings something to the drinking show. <laughs> What was I doing? Where's the, is there a link oh, to the recipe? We'll there? find it. Okay. We'll find it. All right. We got to wrap up. We got to get the Dias Bowser. All right. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go local hoops teams. Uh, oh, I didn't say thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, yes. Have a great weekend. Go, everybody. Duke sucks. We wrap up the show and the week with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show from Alonzo's. Back in here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. Press box and 105.7 The Fan. Rita and Glenn. Tyus Bowser. We are at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. And my man, Beanod, is the owner of Alonzo's. This is his place. And he wanted to come say hello to everybody and tell you all what was going on at Alonzo's. Beanod, if you pick up that microphone right in front of you, talk right into it. First of all... You, you know, Tyus Bowser's here. I got to imagine yes. you're pretty excited I, about that. I am extremely honored and excited. That's why we, you know, we are such a lucky to have him here, especially my friend, uh, friend John Colson made it happen. <laughs> Give him a big hand. No, please. no, we don't, no, none of that, none of that. Yes. Yeah, John? Yes. So, uh, uh, testing, okay. You're good. <laughs> so, yes, uh, hello, everyone. Welcome, you know, Welcome everyone at at uh, Alonzo, and especially with a very very wonderful player from Raven, Mr. Browser is here. So we are lucky, and especially I want to tell about Alonzo. Alonzo has been here since 1931. Institution the, in Baltimore. Before before even uh, Second World War, and uh, the previous owner used to do the so with Raven players all the time. I think Jared Johnson was here more frequently than he was at his own home when he lived in Baltimore. And uh, this is in a a, a very beautiful neighborhood in Roland Park. This place has been Alonzo. You know, the restaurant business is very, very tough, but same name, same, and nothing changed. And this place is known for 
one pound burger is still going on. One pound burger. It's not a challenge to see if like Tyus and I can race to see who finishes it first, is it? That will be lovely. Are you I'm ready not to going pick to do that. No guys? chance. No yeah. chance. Not during the season, he can't. Yeah. I, can't, can't I can't do this during the season right now, but, you know. We come back here in, like, April, maybe? Yeah, like April. We'd love to do that. That will be wonderful. Yeah, I'll be down for that. Oh, man. Absolutely. I don't know if I can do and it. I, I don't know if I can do it, since, bro. Since, you know, I'm a Nepalese immigrant, I want to tell you that soccer is big in Nepal and all over the world, but I have to tell you, American football is amazing here and it's it's a very 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 expensive sport and <laughs> more money and it's very well known in North America and I learn here and it's it's we are yeah a lot of our kids everybody following and it's it's getting popular all over the world and I'm sitting next to the Raven player Mr. Brad it's 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 a great moment and I cannot thank you enough I hope you know you will recover very soon. May God bless you. Yes, sir. I appreciate and we wish you. And the Raven has been doing amazing for this season. I can't yeah. believe. And again, John Coulson. That's no, stop man. with that. We can't. He's got to get a big and head. I want to yes. <laughs> So, hello, Roland Park. Please come and join, and we'll bring again and again some other. We will rotate the player, but we are lucky to have him here. And one pound burger is still going. We're making. We're doing in April. In April, we're coming back. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us at Alonzo's. I can't do a one pound. I can't do it. That's too much. I can't do it. I ain't asked me if I can't do it. Rita, you in? You in a race against Tyus? Uh, race? Yes. One pound burger challenge. Trippy wants to do it. All right. Trippy. Okay. We're tagging Trippy in for the challenge. This is a we're tag team. Trippy got it. We're tagging Trippy in to challenge Tyus in a one pound burger race. I love this. I love it. Hey, um, we've been doing a lot of great things this holiday season. I want to thank everybody who got into our raffle for the helmet that Tyus and everybody has been signing all year long. We raised $3,000 to help the Helping Up mission and the folks that are there. That is wonderful. Thank you for that. We got one more thing we're going to do to try to take care of the folks at Helping Up Mission. This coming Monday, December 18th, we're going to be at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square on Campbell Boulevard. We're not going alone. Former Tyus Bowser show guest Michael Pierce is going to be joining us. And if you want to meet Mike, you can bring out $25 worth of donations. We need unopened toiletries and underwear and socks. That's the type of stuff they need for the folks at the Helping Up Mission. So please come join us Monday night at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 6 to 7.30 p.m. Michael Pierce is going to be there, and he's happy to take pictures and sign autographs for anybody who brings out donations. So please do that with us on Monday. All right, so Tyus, I got a question for you. Yeah. It's the holiday season. Uh-huh. I'm literally driving to Philadelphia to see Mariah Carey this week. That's amazing. What's go twofold? To. I'm going to give it to Rita as well. I'm going to go, in fact, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go Rita first. The song that when it comes on during the holidays, you just say, I, if I hear this again, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't put up with it anymore. What's the song that drives you the craziest during the holidays? Reed, I'll start with you. You're not prepared. Um, I, this is a, you guys are gonna not like me. No, I I don't love Christmas music. Hell, hmm. oh, somebody is. So my tribe is in here. Yeah. What's wrong um, with you? Why do you have such a hateful just, heart? No, I, I I enjoy Christmas. Uh, I, you know. 
I think it's about the fact that y'all don't let Thanksgiving, which in my oh, opinion God, is the so greatest holiday in God the world, sakes. have its day. Y'all want to start right. playing Christmas music and with Thanksgiving. It's just, it's mid-December now, Rita. And I don't like that. It's more than enough time to start listening to Christmas Bro, music. people no. was putting up Christmas lights before I know, I do it. I understand. We've been through people. this before. He's one yes. of those people. That's not neither here nor there. That's not related to the subject at hand. <laughs> All right? That's not... That's that's not how it's, it's extra- supposed to go. It's extraordinarily healthy, and I'm sorry that I have joy and you don't. That's, how is that healthy? It's because it's it's joyful. I walk around and I say, no, look at I how ask you how Why can't I just li- why can't I live in the moment? Health. It's mental health is health, Tyus. Why yeah. can't we just live in the moment of okay. where we are? You, you exactly. have completely derailed this topic. Okay, so back to the topic. I so the answer is I don't all of them. <laughs> all right. The I'm going to yeah, hope that everything I can get a, but Silent Night by the Temptations is not getting played by me. That's right. it. I'm hoping that I can get a better answer from you, Tyus. Mariah Carey. That's the one that drives you crazy. And, and yes. As he's going to go see Mariah Carey Driving tomorrow. To Philadelphia to see Mariah Carey. Yes. Mariah Carey. I was going to invite you and everything. Really? Yeah, I was going to invite I you to go gonna with me. I think he's going to be busy. If I'm not meeting Mariah Carey, then I mean you're out. Yeah. I want to. I want to meet Mariah Carey. What is the What is the song that when it comes on we could catch you? humming along to belting out maybe in the car like a Chris Brown uh, what was it boys to men let it let snow let it snow hey. let it snow alright that's it that's what I was waiting for that's, that's, that's all I got for you I've been waiting for this moment all year TikTok. let it yeah. snow There you go. We're going to end up sending Tyus and Rita out to open for Mariah Carey. That Boys to Men Christmas album is probably one of the better Christmas (laughs) albums we don't talk about. It is very true. Your mom was so upset. She was. Okay, we did the event to launch Tyus' foundation a couple weeks ago. Remind everybody about the foundation. Yeah, the foundation was just to raise money um, for my Back to Teachers uh, scramble. Pretty much just raising money for teachers uh, just to help them with uh, school supplies for the students, just to not have them go through their pockets, but just to allow them to, um, you know, use the money that we raised to help them, you know, help their kids out. So it was it was an amazing night. It was great. Raised a lot of money. Great night. But I thought we could get Tyus to sing. And that might raise even more money. I got cold feet that night. Yeah, you did. I got cold feet that night. I said, Tyus, look at all these people. They're willing to donate so much money. And I looked over at Tyus's mom, because Tyus's mom had just said, you know, Tyus has a beautiful voice. And I said, I've heard that, but he's never shared it with us. I don't really, I don't really show too much, you know. I thought we were cool. I well, thought you are cool, yeah. but we were three years into this. Obviously, I thought, obviously, we ain't that, that cool. cool apparently, yeah, you know. But I got a lesson of where I was, but. In fairness, you also wouldn't sing when your mom wanted you to sing either. So exactly, I, man. It finally got it. It was this group right here. And we I'm did, sure, I'm sure she's watching right now. So I did that for you. There you go. Oh, we nice. love you, mom. We love you. That was awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, man, it, pal. Cool. So cool. All right, let's do some. Um, you know, Rita and I on the show on 105.7 The Fan, we do a segment called the Wheel. It's a very silly segment where we have this giant wheel that we bring in, we spin it around, and then we pick a topic. It's really just Caleb making the noise. Don't. Why would you give out kayfabe? Rita, why yeah. would you do that? Because so know, it's, I, I, we don't I actually have... appreciate 
Caleb's dedication to making the noise. I, I, I would like to shot Caleb out for that. I'm not going to do that. What well, noise? He makes the wheel noise. Yeah. He, he says, and then he slows it down. He's like, it's it's a good bit. It's a good radio. He does a good job. So I'm going to give him his flowers today. So let's just throw out some hot some topics, right? I'm just going to throw out some topics, get your thoughts. So I'm going to start with this one. The NFL, we've talked before about the um, hip drop tackles. They're going to get together at the meetings this week and discuss the future of hip drop tackles. They're also going to discuss the future of the tush push, which we've never talked about here before. Do you think the NFL should get rid of the tush push? They shouldn't get rid of either of those. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's tackling. I mean, you got to get the guy down, you know. The offense is going to find a way for them not to get tackled, you know, and we got to do the same way. And whatever we have to do to get you down, that's part of our job. That's how we get paid. So, I mean, I hate that, you know, people are getting hurt. But yeah, we'd like to have Mark Andrews back on the field you know, right absolutely. now. Absolutely, but we just got to figure out the best way to learn how to but, tackle the right way. But what about the people say the tush push is a non-competitive play? No, I mean, tush, whatever you want to call it, I mean, that is the brotherly a norm, shove. That's the, a yeah. normal football play. I mean, we've been doing a quarterback sneak for how long, and people want to But have now, we always done it with guys pushing from behind? Yes. When the running back would be like eight yards behind, and if once he snapped the ball, he'd come running. There was definitely, at the college level, it was illegal for a little while because it was a famous, the Reggie Bush play from all those years oh, ago. Yeah. yeah. Where he got away with it. Yeah, but no, nah, I mean, I would definitely not get rid of it. I mean, it's part okay. of football. Until you, until you stop it, I mean... It is what it is. All right. The split flow uh, block is also up. Yeah, I don't understand that. The split flow block. What is that? I'd have to see it to know exactly what they're talking about, but apparently a lot of people are not happy about it either. It's very football. Rita Rita brought something out that we weren't prepared for in any way. I thought Tyus would have known, so that's why I brought it up. So I guess we just have to see it on film to know, because I'm sure we know what it looks like, but... Apparently that's. It's, Are you able to like look it up or something? Yeah, I I, I tried to look it up and I was, I didn't. Oh, I wasn't okay. <laughs> but that's it's three things that's on yep, the, the agenda the for this week's meetings. Yeah, I hope they don't do that because I mean us as defense, they're already they're already limiting us to this point. We can't tackle the quarterback. I mean, when it comes to different cut blocks, whatever it is, I mean, it's just so much stuff where we have the disadvantage as defensive players. And I know that this is an offensive sport. And and, you know, everybody wants points to be scored. That's how you make money with this league. But you got to give us the same opportunity to go out there and defend the team. And we can't do that if you're limiting the way we tackle somebody. You get tackled, you get tackled. It's the part of the game. The part of the game. Yeah. Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box 105.7 The Fan. Rita, do you want to do like a miniature version of the wheel? Do you want to like do a... T- cool. Ready? <laughs> I don't like did, that. The other wheel's better. Shohei Otani signed a 10-year, $700 million deal. Now, I want to get, because the second part of it is he's not taking a lot of the money right now. It's a very yeah, weird thing. Deferring. Very smart guy, though. Yeah. Two, so it's a twofold question, right? The first question is, when you see these baseball salaries, and I get Shohei Otani is different than basically any other human on the planet, but baseball salaries in general are insane. Yes. What goes through your mind? And then second, what you just said, so Shohei Otani is only going to take $20 million in the first 10 years. 
and the rest, $680 million will come over the 10 years after that. You said under your breath that was really smart. Very smart. Why? Well, number one, he showed he, Otani, he has so many endorsements, and I'm sure he can go through L.A. and eat for free. Like, And I'm sure... With him being, and if not, we'll bring him out here to Alonzo's, and we will make sure that he gets a one-pound burger whenever he wants. Exactly. That's a. <laughs> but I'm sure, maybe within his culture, just the people he's around, I'm sure that he has good people around him to make him manage his money correctly, budget, and I'm sure with him, he probably don't even need too much. He seemed like a pretty cool, simple guy that just goes to work, chill at home with his family, whoever he got, and that's pretty much it. And I mean, you can live off of $2 million a year. I mean, I guess. You can live off of $2 million. I mean, if you can't live off of $2 million a year, then... What, do I have to fly commercial? That sounds that's terrible. That's a very personal problem. So I, mean, <laughs> so, I mean, for him, I feel like that's a great idea because now he's thinking long-term. He's not thinking, you know, short-term. Like if he, that was an option in the NFL, is it something that you would consider? For $680 million, well, okay, absolutely. Fair enough. All right, yeah, I guess I that's Absolutely. A yeah. That's a different world. Absolutely. That's a different. Guaranteed? Yeah. yeah. This ain't no 700 mil, <laughs> 300,000, I mean, 300 million guaranteed. And you next know, year we could get rid of you if we want. Exactly. We don't have to pay no. any of it. Yeah, that's real. I money, need my right. 700 million. <laughs> now, they could always file bankruptcy down the line. And with, that, with, that, but I said the same thing. Look, the smartest thing about this is the fact that he's. this is probably legal tax evasion if we're thinking about no, this easy. properly. Because uh, Cali taxes are ridiculous. So by the time he gets the money, he's probably not going to be in California anymore. And he's evading. I think I've read somewhere he would have been paying $300 million in taxes. Yes. Absolutely. So there's that part. That, that is that is chess while everybody else is playing, it's playing checkers. checkers, baby. Exactly. All right. Um, quick wheel. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Sorry. I'm done. Okay, thank you. You're one of the few guys on the team that played with Joe Flacco. Yes. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. He's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has always been a great player. I mean, obviously we know that because we have a championship, you know, because of him. But uh, just the just the talent that he has, man, and you know, it shows. I mean, he's been showing that he's been proving that he can make it in this league still. And I'm honestly happy to see him doing well. You know, especially him being out for so long, it's nice to see his name come up. So I'm happy for him. It'd be real interesting if I would have liked him to go on somewhere else. And yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, me too. But I mean, I understand. You know, this is this is the NFL. Be yeah. real interesting in if we get a January. I don't want to hear it. Please. Yeah, be real interesting yeah, if it worked out that way. Yeah. Hey, what company has the expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus free? It's AJ Michaels Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore, Annapolis. At AJMichaels.com. We'll skip the wheel and just go topic by topic, right? Yeah. Oh, you ain't like my wheel? Oh, I just, we, time. That's all. We're oh. running out of time oh, on the show. Right. You pretty much do, you Okay, do your wheel, Rita. Do it. I don't want to do it anymore. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tyus. That wasn't a bad wheel, actually. We can maybe, maybe we record that and use that as the wheel moving forward. <laughs> um, college football playoff. Yeah. Florida State goes unbeaten. Yeah. And get yeah. left out. Yeah. I'm not with it. I don't like it. Okay. I love it. I don't like it. She's a hater. You got to understand. Is a hater. <laughs> and she's, she's a Florida. That's exactly what Florida this is. Fans. 
She's I, a Florida fan. I have a fan. very, very good explanation of this, but I want to know why you hate it. Now I have a counter for that. Because you went undefeated. You're a power five. You're in a power five conference. You've you've won the ACC. Yep. You've been, number, you've been number four this entire time. You scheduled two SEC teams this year. Exactly. Took care of business. Exactly. And you finish out. So what is making Alabama and all these other teams pass Florida State? They could have stayed at four. I feel like they're the fourth best team in there. It don't matter. There's, there's players in there. There's I, teams in I, yeah, there. Yeah, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about the conference. If Jordan Travis is playing, they're in. But that's that's wrong. If it, no, the it's 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 jacked up. Don't get me wrong. But the but the way that this is set up was always jacked up. If you have a Power Five conference and you only have four slots, somebody's feelings was always going to get hurt. That's how this was always set up. I'm gonna ask you a question. Without Jordan Travis, do you still consider Florida State to be? a top four team with a third string quarterback because that's who they played with in the ACC championship. Yes, they, okay, they have I a don't. solid defense. I don't. The so that's that's the difference. You don't think they could compete with Michigan? Not with a third string quarterback. No, serious? I don't. No. Okay. Not with a, I said, yes, from a defensive perspective, sure. If we really want to be real, Michigan can exit because Michigan's going to get trounced in the first round like they always do. But they are healthy. That's the difference. But you can't you can't take a team out because they don't have a quarterback. Yes, you can. Because no, they, they're no longer the, the, the top team. Yes, you can. How are they not the top team when I they finished number four? They finished the season number four into the college football playoff ranks. They have out. a third string quarterback. But they, to Caius's point, they had that the week before, and the committee had them at number four in the country. Yes, and then they played the ACC championship. And bear, and, mm, and the, it don't matter. And that Louisville matter. game was probably matter. the worst game. It Well, actually, you it was like the worst game. You acting like everybody supposed to have a great game. You do. That's game. literally how you you do college football. That's strength of victory does matter. Okay, then. So then what about Alabama losing to Texas? Mm, what about Alabama barely beating a here's, team that lost to New Mexico exactly. State? Here's the other part. Exactly. And here's the other part. Exactly. And here's the other part. For, for me, Georgia has a better argument to me than Florida if, State if does. Texas, if we could have beat, we could have beat Texas, U of H, if we didn't have that crazy stuff. Do you, how did We they go back them? and we give you the retroactive national you know championship is what you're looking for? What? We're giving Tyus a retroactive national championship okay. in Houston. That's what we're doing. Sure. Congratulations, Tyus. Hell yeah. Go Cougs, baby. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right. Uh, last one because we do have to wrap up. Yeah. December 31st, y'all are playing the Dolphins. Yeah. Game is scheduled to be at 1 o'clock. Looks like it's going to be a pretty big game. It's, gonna, it's probably going to be flex. A lot of people oh. think it might end up getting moved to 820. Mm. That's, uh, that's New Year's Eve. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. You, Did you have you, plans first and foremost? Yeah. <laughs> You you want to play at eight twenty on New Year's Eve, or are you kind of like can we start petitioning to let's keep that game at one o'clock? Oh, what about the four twenty five? What about a quasi flex? I would have been cool with the four twenty five. Okay. You don't want to play at eight twenty on New Year's Eve. Not really, but I felt like, and I'm speaking into existence. We win this game. Mm -hmm. That'll be a great. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a hard better fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, fireworks, it'd be a better way to bring in the new year than like know? celebrating maybe. It's dark at three thirty. You get fireworks at four twenty-five. <laughs> she ain't wrong. You are right. <laughs> 
But that'll be a great way to bring in the New Year's, winning the game. It's already 11.30, 11.45, and then you just pull out the fireworks and go home. I'm still rooting for it to stay at 1 o'clock somehow, some way. I prefer it to be the case. Y'all yeah. make some more one more time for Tyus Bowser, please. The Ravens currently the number one seed in the AFC. If you're, you are running out of time to get the most favorable odds on a Festivus run, they're plus 220 to win the conference, plus 650 to win it all at Superbook. Download the Superbook app, visit Superbook.com, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Appreciate you brother this was fun thanks for being a good sport and singing along with us absolutely next tuesday night we're not waiting next tuesday night the 19th we're right back in action we're going to be back at the uh, hamilton sports bar and grill that'll Sounds be the next highest bowser show find out more pressboxonline.com slash bowser rita love you love you friend tyus love you love thanks you too, to bro. everybody who came out yeah. appreciate, appreciate y'all so much thanks appreciate to be not and the crew at alonzo's fans, man i really appreciate it. Hey, he wants us to call him milo be not said he's milo appreciate you milo love you milo, milo. appreciate you man owner of alonzo's thanks to david and ryan for running the show for the crew i'm glenn this has been the Tyus Bowser Show.